0: <laughs> that was a bad take. <laughs> hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. My name is Brad. I'm joined by Alex. Alex, <laughs> say hello. Hello. <laughs> I think <laughs> I we think your first take
1: of the intro just broke me. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna need like need like a minute, right? Once we're in and we're talking about magic stuff, I'll, I'll be good again. But God. Okay. So the same thing that
0: happened there is what usually happens when I'm recording something like for like vocals, I'll be like, you know, I don't know how to approach this like melody or like what kind of sound I should make here. Like, do I do like a low guttural? Do I like do like a normal mid like scream? And then there's sometimes where you could do like a spoken thing. So I'm like, let's try something outside the box. Let's do that. And then it just comes out like the initial first thing is like, and I'm like, oh, that's not the take. That's not the take oh, at yeah, all. That, that's no, not-
1: that's that's not what we're doing.
0: <laughs> but then, but then you do it a few more times, and you're like, that's a better take. I don't like that idea though. So we're gonna
1: scrap that. <laughs> this process happens. This is this is the good execution, but it still sucks.
0: Yeah, I- exactly. At like, least at like, that point, you know song. why you don't want it. Yeah, rather than just well, Alex would always uh, or uh, our editor Alex would always be like, "Yeah, just keep like put it on loop and just keep recording takes." And like I tried that one time, and I, I ended up with thirty seven takes to listen through. Um, and I was like, Alex, this is the worst fucking process. I can't do that. You you you're expecting me to listen back to like a dozen takes, or in my my case. 37 takes, and like just be like, I liked number four. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, did I like number four? Or am I just really, really sick of listening to my voice do slightly different variations of the same fucking line over and over and over again? It's definitely the the latter. (sighs) But anyway, we are not the uh, music production or vocal podcast, whatever. We are the Pioneer Perspective and of course... We have pioneer stuff to talk about, as well as other things within the magic I almost said lore. I suppose that was the beginning of this whole thing. But I mean Mark Rosewater is magic lore at this point. He is so embodied <laughs> into what magic is. I mean he I mean there's lit-
1: God. They, we all call him Morrow, which is literally a card, so Yeah. No one ever yeah. sees the same Morrow or whatever the, the flavor text on it is. Where's where is
0: his actual card though? Like we give cards like designed around like winners of like you know world championships and shit. Why don't we give like some for like really new, like he's got I one I want a Gavin. That doesn't count. I want black I guess
1: it's, it's, it's I think it's the one with like I'm the D, I am the the DCI. Oh look at me, I'm the DCI, and I think Mark Rosewater drew the art because it's just a stick nice. figure throwing shit at a dartboard. <laughs> it'll stick yeah he's credited as the artist mark rosewater <laughs> that's beautiful
0: but we well, have fun. challenges to go over i'll be a bit faster this time because uh neither alex and i were really like blown away by what they represented we still think the meta is great the meta looks fun it's it's healthy i played there's, a bunch of there's
1: leagues two basically two more one more one breakout deck of this weekend
0: yeah the the one of them has basically been around a little bit. Another one's just like, "Hey, I'm back." Yeah.
1: And it exists in two forms, so we'll just get into it. It is the winner of the Saturday challenge, and this was played by underscore vfs underscore. And it's just guy control, and it's pioneers like discovery that modern is already doing, which is just let's just shove expressive iteration in every fucking deck that supports it. It's so good. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, let's put it in. I don't know. Spin the wheel. Jeskai control. We'll try that one again. I will and just I, see I will if never it stop
0: riding. I will never stop riding this high. This is my best call on the entire podcast ever, is expressive iteration. And I and I will still go back to you and Adrian being like, But is it top five good? Yes. Yes it is. I should have had a number one. I was a pussy i was like no we'll, we'll put it back to number three we'll be modest fuck you
1: that's especially surprising because you put 17 cards at number five so you had all the room in the world
0: you're correct yeah i literally narrowed down my options okay look i'm sorry i saw removal and i'm like that's same shit number five
1: <laughs> clear clearly clearly not an uh what is it like a good removal spell appreciator just like oh, it's all the same it says destroy I same mean card. I saw I saw the new one. You know, Brad from, just looks uh, at like disenchanted murder and it's like it's just a destroy on it, same card. <laughs> I, I I saw <laughs>
0: I saw um the new one, the new black one for Midnight Hunt or whatever, and I was like Yeah, you probably don't run four of these though. It's really fucking good. Nope. But you uh oh we, you you don't think it's very good?
1: Oh no i I don't think you run four I think the guard's all right
0: yeah I don't think you're run four because like you would genuinely kill yourself at some point like I've done that with murders right
1: uh, now. we'll talk a little bit about because uh the episode we did last week uh well that I did with epic uh isn't published yet at this point so Brad hasn't got to listen to it yet um so sometimes I might like you might hear me like recycle takes from last week because we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit gets Brad view on things and I'll try and sort of summarize what epic and I made of it. Uh, Infernal Grasp strikes me as a strike us as a card that like goes in an aggro deck where a Heartless Act goes, because they don't really care about the life total. Uh, they just want to be able to deal with anything, which Heartless Act basically does at the moment. But maybe you already start running it for insurance policy, or once there's relevant one-one counter stuff, you start running this instead of Heartless Act. But it has basically no place in a control deck because of the life loss. You'd rather just have Heartless Act, and you've got other removal spells, because you're a control deck, so you'll be able to deal with the occasional card that has 1-1 counters on it.
0: Do you want to just get this out of the way now, before we go into the challenges? Because like I can just rapid-fire Ren and 7, really fucking cool-looking, probably not that good in Constructed, Maybe I'm wrong. I can't tell because if it was four mana, it'd be fucking busted. It's five mana. It's really teetering the line. Chamber of the Perished. Yay. Zombie support. Really good card. Finally got a card we can actually use, but it's probably not going to make zombies actually thing and pioneer quite yet because you just might want to be mono black instead. Triska deck file. Cute. I kind of want to run it as a sideboard tech. That's about it. Um, <clears throat> Join the dance. Card's fine. Flashback is back. Cool. Play with Fire. Better Shock. Don't run Shock. You do, like, maybe, like, run, like, one or two Wild Slash as your extra Shocks now if you need to in the meta that calls for it. uh, Consider really, really, really fucking good. Terrifyingly good. Maybe good enough to get Dig and Treasure Cruise banned in the future. Maybe not, but it's really good. And uh, lands are fucking gorgeous. Those uh, Those are my takes on the
1: spoilers. There you go. Perfect.
0: Don't, I hate that you're land, a, uh, a pleb that doesn't
1: appreciate art. We can scream that. No, I am someone who would like to sit across from someone and know what the fuck their cards do. Uh, it's pretty easy to tell. Um, they have this, and I'll be like, "Is that a? Is that a? Is that a plains? Is that a plane No, it's an island. Very, it's also black and white. They is that very, a plains?
0: Very, very clearly, Alex. They have blue border and red border and green border around them in purple.
1: I can look at this on my computer on like an HD screen and I can have a good look at it. This is going to be in like a sleeve with potential glare on it stacked under or over other lands at the other side of the table. I don't know if that same thing will apply there. Hmm. Especially the planes. Because they decided that the border should be white.
0: Yeah, It's just straight up
1: black and white. <laughs> yeah, they, they could have just made it yellow, right? We've seen planes be yellow before. I mean, white mana is basically yellow mana. In this game. yeah. So with how it's put on cards. And then they're like, nah, that's just straight white. Maybe they tried it in yellow and they're like, it's kind of ugly. Let's just put it back to white. I feel like they tried it. There is like 17 billion shades of yellow. Like, I can't imagine you can't make one of them work.
0: Okay, they, they gave the intern the job. They're like, how does it look? And he's like, sucked. What'd you use? I used yellow. <laughs> he's not lying. He, and they're like, okay, we'll do it white. <laughs> he did like mustard yellow. Oh no, he did Dijon mustard. Yeah. There you go. That's the great. That's the color you want for the for the plains. Spicy mustard. <laughs> Fuck, my feet stink again. Fuck. So, you cut that part out. Keep
1: that helps. in. No. Um <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I just want this spot. Actually, I would like it if you cut this part out and you add it another couple of times throughout the cast. So we'll just be talking about, like, the st- design state and, like, in between two things. We just once again add Brad, be like, fuck, my feet stink.
0: Like, okay, the socks are damp. <laughs> I just want you to know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been wearing them for, at this point, 14 hours. And I just now took my shoes off. I
1: didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know what to do with my life without this information. So thanks.
0: Uh, I mean, like, my feet are pruning. <laughs> that's, how, that's how damp
1: it was. Oh, I hate my life. Oh, okay. It's half past two. What am I doing? <laughs> you
0: are. You are receiving tomorrow, quite literally the opposite of a foot fetish thing. Like this is just what's going on, or maybe you do have a foot fetish and uh, I'm making your night. All no. that much better, and
1: this and this and this only pushes me further away from it, which I guess is a good. <laughs> I, have, thing I have
0: ugly feet, like they. Yeah,
1: I don't judge. I, I don't. I don't. I don't king shame. It's fine. If you like feet, you like feet. It's not my. It, not if my you style.
0: want, for some reason, if you're feeling shameful about yourself, first off, don't. But if you really want to just like change your mind, and like not like feet anymore, I'll send you pics. I got monkey feet. I can pick <laughs> shit up with my feet, dude. I got long ass toes. Alex, look how long my toes are. <laughs> I can spread them out. Look at these. I just fucking
1: okay. They are legit fucking <laughs> monkey feet. <Yeah. laughs> Holy shit. You could hang upside down on those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is why I don't wear flip flops. I live in Florida, but I never wear flip flops because like my feet are ugly, dude. I don't want to. I don't want to show these off. <laughs>
1: Brad, it's really hot outside. Why are you wearing boots? <laughs> <laughs> no reason. Comfortable. They they're better to walk on. Brad, home. they're
0: steel-toed.
1: You're at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I just really hate sand. Hey, it's you, coarse, rough, I, gets everywhere.
0: I, I know. There's the Floridian Shuffle at the beach with stingrays. I'm taking it to one extra step to protect
1: myself. Do you know what? A, do you know what the Floridian <laughs> Shuffle is? I don't know what a stingray is, so do they just, like, wash up on the beach on mass? Well, they,
0: they like to go into shallow waters a lot, and, like, if you, um, you don't, so you don't just step and walk in the water. You have to slide and shuffle your feet, because if you step on a stingray, it will fucking jab you, but if you shuffle into it and kind of lightly kick it a little, it'll just go away, so you gotta
1: shuffle your feet in the water. I'm... This is why I just avoid the beach altogether. I don't have to deal with this. Part. I'm either
0: having really, really awful deja vu, or we've had this exact conversation on the cast before. Because
1: I feel like I've explained... I don't think you taught me about the shoving shoving the, the stingrays yet. No. Hmm. Huh. Maybe. Ford is great. I'm sure we've concluded in the past that I hate the beach, but not not this stingray shuffle. That sounds like an awful dance.
0: Sounds like a great band name. But like a retiree home band name, if that makes sense, like like kind of like a knockoff Jimmy Buffett, where like I expect them to sing Jimmy Buffett style songs. Wasted away again in Margaritaville.
1: By the way, let's start talking about magic again. Um, yes. So the winning list, Jessica Control. Um, Two main deck rest in peace. one Sphinx's Revelation, a Rewind, um, and hey, basically hey. no dick through time either. Wait, what's
0: your? You got what, the rest. In what's piece. your
1: beef with Rewind? I hate Rewind. It's so greedy. Yeah. It just, I mean, like, it's a typical kind of card that just bites me in the ass ninety nine percent of the time. So I don't want to play it. I'm sure it's fantastic when it works. Yes, I cast a rewind today in Commander. It was great, but I don't see that shit flying constructed like Adrian. ever. Oh
0: my god, I just called you Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so used to arguing with Adrian about shit like this. No, his top fives are better, so uh, no, that's fair. <laughs> well, okay. He he looks at very narrow cards where he's like, "This is probably good," but he's when he's wrong, he's really wrong. But when he's right, it's like, okay, you're like, I'm going all in on black. I'm going all in. This has to be a hit. It's a a casino reference. Anyway, have you ever cast Rewind and then immediately afterwards cast or flash in a um, Nightpack Ambusher? That was the best shit ever. That was The greatest thing ever.
1: I don't play green, so no, maybe I don't play green control. I, I, I play elves, maybe you should start. I tap out on my own term. Except, oh, yeah, I mean, rewinding collected comp into collected company sounds great. Yeah, don't know what deck that would run. <laughs> Merfolk, <laughs> <laughs> we found we it, we did it, we broke we Merfolk. Did it, boys. <laughs>
0: You're like, yeah, Mistbinder. uh, deeper champion off of Coco. And you kind of look at your board state, and I'm like, (laughs) fuck, I'd rather this be the Nightpack Ambusher.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All of this, I would rather have the one Nightpack Ambusher.
0: (laughs) I somehow turned this Rewind into three other cards where I'd rather have the one other card in the other deck. It's, It's
1: embarrassing. Also, like, you look at this deck and the only thing you can use to rewind mana on is to have a slightly bigger shark or a slightly bigger sphinx's revelation like i'm not even impressed
0: yeah this isn't the home for rewind. Okay, cool. it, like usually i like rewind where it just there's nice there's a nice neat option of like yeah i get to uh flash in an ipad
1: ambush or something It's weird but but i will say this sideboard is amazing so is it there's four mystical dispute but there is another Sphinx's revelation. Like, sure, there is two copies of invasive surgery, which I think is pretty really cool. Um, how do you, a little Wait, bit like? But hold on, when do you turn on delirium in this deck? Like, I, I you've you got, got a
0: shark typhoon.
1: You have your spells. It's the same thing. We saw this last week. There's no, there's no fabled passage in this deck. Yeah. So you've got an enchantment with shark typhoon. A portable hole that I guess occasionally ends up there. It's very sorcery, occasionally. and at one point I know they kill it the ferry. Like but I mean it, it works as counter target sorcery if you just have invasive surgery. So it's not
0: Oh, I, I no, I, I found it. Instead of Fable Passage, Alex, you chump block with your needle spires. You cycle a triumph. No oh. Oh that works too. <laughs> Yeah. I like mine better. <laughs> so that's way more niche. Oh uh, yeah there are triumphs. I guess that makes sense. I don't know. But continue your uh, love for the sideboard.
1: Yeah, so invasive surgery which Okay, it's I'm just gonna say it's half past 2 in the morning. Uh I think I also pondered about this on last week. I'm sure there's a very logical conclusion as to why this card is in the sideboard. Uh I guess it works against expressive iteration which is a very popular card. Um this is But my favorite good against thing Sniv. is the two copies of Aurelia the War Leader. And it was also in the Jeskai list we saw last week. When I think we saw, like, very few lists. And it definitely has to, like... It picked up in pace this week. But Aurelia, the Warleader, in the sideboard, its just so cool. And it's just so, like, why? Again, I feel like... I'm talking about with Epic. You're probably, like... You're against Niv or whatever. You just rewind their spell, because of course you have. And you make, like, a 5-5 five five shark and then you play Aurelia and you had to combat twice and you get in 416. Like do you just like it feels like Aurelia you just play it in certain matchups and then you cycle a big shark and then the game just ends. This is like yeah, you're you're dead. Do you know what this tells me,
0: Alex? Do you know cuz this is the shit I would do. I'll tell you exactly why Aurelia is in this deck. You're you're fighting with yourself. For months, trying to figure out what control deck you're gonna play, and you finally get drawn into Jeskai, right? Because you know Expressive Iteration comes out, and you're like, I don't want to do, don't want to do Grixis, I want to, I want to I play teferi want to play fucking teferi but blue white's kind of ass, but we get Expressive Iteration and then Portable Hole, and you're like, well, well, fucking shit, this is great, and now you're like, well, I gotta put Scorching Dragonfire in there because I gotta make use of the red. Because I need a removal. We're going to put some Magma Sprays in the main, too. Make use of the red. And then you get the sideboard. Do you see any other fucking red cards in the sideboard, Alex?
1: Yeah, you're like, I need a red card in here.
0: Yeah, I need to m- justify my decision of going Jeskai, is what this card tells me. Because, like, why why this is two four six mana? Why this over Dream Trawler?
1: Well, again, it, it serves a completely different purpose. Dream Trawler is an anti-aggro card, which you just drop on the board. And it's like, is it? Yeah, this game just like ends in two turns. Because it's a 3-5 lifelink. And then next turn you swing with a lifelink. And it keeps drawing you cards. You can make it even bigger if you draw more. Like you have Teferi, you plus that. It's a 5-5. You cast a giant Sphinx's ref before combat. Like whatever. Like that makes Dream Trawler work. This is a card where I think you play Aurelia the Warleader. And that turn the game ends. Like, I feel like that is the purpose of Aurelia.
0: There has to be a better option. Ha- I mean, I think it's a sweet card, but like...
1: I mean, I I think it's pretty brilliant, actually. Like, honestly, if you find yourself in the spot where you just need to end a game, or against Lotus, for example, there's no... Um... There's nothing in here that's except for Rest of that's like particularly great against Lotus. Narsa. There's some things in a way of like you got Narsa, you got a Narsa. You've obviously got your your counter magic which is good against the Durr. But like Aurelia is a good finisher because especially if you get to play Aurelia, attack your opponent with it and untap, they are almost dead to just Aurelia. Like this starts off with a. 2-2 Shark, right? You have a 2-2 Shark on board. You play Aurelia, you swing. Even if your opponent isn't dead, they are dead the next turn. The clock is super fast on this card. But again, okay, you, you cycle a big Shark, you play Aurelia, you just one-shot your opponent. I
0: was one thing I really pissed at this deck because so I was looking at it. I'm like, how are you only running Dovin's? I just did not look at Absorb at all. I just did not see it. I'm like, is Dovin's Veto your only counterspell on the entire deck? What the fuck? I'm just dumb. No, there's rewind. Oh yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, in this deck, I'd like that. I would like that one. Rewind. Oh, rewind. Rewind this. Uh, I mean, I was just thinking, invasive surgery is actually kind of cool against Jeskai synergy because mm-hmm. you tag the Silver Awakening, and they just kind of can't win anymore. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? Attack me with Omnath? I play Norelia. Boom. You,
0: hey, hey, you joke. But I did win a game on stream when I actually I had I had to hardcast my like without having the combo, my um, both copies of Sylvan Awakening earlier in the game just to get in damage and like force them to block in a certain position so like so that I could live in the future and get their board down, and uh, I ended up winning. I I combo off, and I have like this twenty. T- 20 fucking Omnath, and I'm finally able to kill him with that. It was great. I was like, this is is how the deck works, baby. And then I'm just sitting there going, like, why are there not more copies of Sylvan Awakening? (laughs) Why only two? It's just fucking, (laughs) it makes me so angry, because I'm, like, digging, like, I need the card. I need to find it. If I get this off the top, I win. You just, you never get it. God, that deck's so frustrating to play. It's so frustrating. Like, when it goes off, it's so good, but when you whiff, you cry. More than I've ever cried before whiffing. Like, if I whiff with Lotus, like with Lotus, I'm like, you know what? It happens. This is a really weird, like, put together deck. If I whiffed with, like, Kethis, I'm like, you know, this is a fucking complicated engine deck. I, I get it. If I whiff with Jeskai Ascendancy, I'm like, I could have just put more copies of this one card in.
1: I probably wouldn't have whiffed. <laughs> uh, whatever. It's also what those type of decks like Jeskai Ascendancy like. Your combo whiffs because you you kind of just stop drawing draw spells. Yeah. And they're like, okay, deck, it's cool. I didn't want to win anyway.
0: Oh, shit. Consider is going to be dope in Jeskai Ascendancy because you're on Treasure Cruise.
1: I know. That's one of the reasons I think it's going to be banned. And I don't mean Consider, but Treasure Cruise addictive. Time. <laughs> that... Phoenix is going to be insane. Yep, uh, Jeskai Ascendancy is going to get a huge boon. Um. Potentially the Jeskai decks here that do actually run Dig, Demir Control, it's, it's all going to be super stupid.
0: And hey, Wizards could just look I'm at that sad. and be like, guess we're banning Consider.
1: <laughs> Talked about that with Epic a bit last week. I feel like the main thing is that they don't ban the cards from new sets, as Epic pointed out. Like, look at Helio Walking Ballista. They don't ban cards from new sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I would also argue that Dig's ban is just a a when, not an if.
0: Yeah, same there, Treasure Cruise. So
1: it's like, yeah, like okay, consider his printed, Time for these cards to go. Right, it, it, they had their run. Cool, you enjoyed it for two years.
0: Hey, and then you can play drawn, uh, drawn from dreams, the the fair man's dig through time.
1: Uh, if only that card was at least well, <laughs> it would be super busted as an instant. <laughs> like, oh, it would be fucking insane as an instant. It would be, it would see modern play. I don't know, give it to me for five mana and make it an instant or something. Yeah. It would be better than Fact or Fiction. Yeah. 100%. Way better than Fact What or if Fiction. it was five mana in an instant? That's probably okay. There's this very strange um, thing in draw spells where there's a lot of four mana ones that you can consider, and almost all the five mana ones are a joke. Yeah. Because there's just a point where you're spending too much money on, (laughs) too much mana on a draw spell,
0: and not too much money because those cards are like two cents because they're
1: bad. Yeah, they're always cheap. That's the great thing about draw spells; they're often commons and they're always cheap. I could foil them out,
0: but then you have like the new current age of draw spells, like Growth Spiral, and Consider, and like I again I've said the story before, but I remember like seeing Growth Spiral spoiled. It was it was like the same thing when we have how we got Midnight Hunt. Like that preview before the previews, that's how we got Growth Spiral. That was our first taste of it for um, uh, Ravnica Allegiance. And I saw that.
1: Yeah, they showed the FNM promos. Yeah, I right? did
0: that. Which
1: Growth Spiral? Yeah, was I right think
0: right? they just flat out spoiled the FM promos. It was Mortify, Growth Spiral, and like, but uh, not the Devil. Um, uh, light at the stage? Like, that's pretty much like what they spoiled. Yeah. Um, and I was like looking at Growth Spiral. I'm like, is this is this broken? Guys, is this broken? I need I need to help I need help to understand. Am I just being dumb and like no, I wasn't being I, I think it's really fucking insane. and a common and said McKinnon are to boost, that automatically makes it a constructed playable card.
1: I I just I was thinking of this this afternoon in draw spells and like there's a lot of different ones and again I, I think we're probably gonna have to reconsider um what draw spells we have and like if we have to get through of Dig through time, like from a control player's perspective, especially when you get there's considered. one, there's one random concept that I got in my head which just made me laugh. Like I thought, um, so you know the card think twice. I know it, but I don't remember what it does. From which it's it's one in a blue, draw a card. Flashback is two in a blue, and this card very occasionally saw modern play. It was like a one off in blue eye control decks, and it was always kind of bad. But um, I think we've got flashback. What about? Th- think thrice. And it's the exact same card, but as you do the flashback, you investigate. Hmm. And I just popped in my head and I was like this actually sounds but cuz they do a lot of these, right? These weird throwback cards that make you think of old cards. Yeah. Like cuz think twice is just a bad card. Um but anyway, I was and then that made me think like man, if we just had instant speed divination. I would just play the hell out of that card. It'd be so simple. Just such a basic like it it's it lines up with your three mana counter spells. It is kind of a way to make three mana counter spells better. Cause we've often had the thing with like, yeah, they're actually kinda bad, but you you we don't get mana leak, we don't get actual counter spell. So like we're just gonna have to do with this. And this would be like an angle for it to make those better. I just feel like it would play like super smooth. It would be really like fun good experience to play with it's like man just just instant speed divination just please that'd be so smooth i'd be so happy yeah would it be too good like i think it'd be okay <clears throat> it, it it would definitely be strong because of that how well it lines up with counter magic that it's the same mana cost so there's like you know, do I play into the counterspell, or do they have the draw spell if I don't play into the counterspell thing? Definitely becomes harder. So I think it would be a very strong card. I doubt it'd be broken. But, like... That just makes me think... Like, of- Archmage's Charm is just... Archmage's Charm is an instant speed divination with two extra abilities stapled on it. I think that card would be ridiculous for Pioneer. I don't think, even though it's easier to cast, I don't think a third of Archma- Archmage's Charm would be too good. I think... But it would be really fun. Okay, my hot take is that
0: Major's Charm would not be that bad for Pioneer because of that casting cost being so restrictive. We don't have fetch lands. We don't. We c- ah, you can work around yeah, but that. Yeah, we can't fix our mana nowhere as easy as like you can't cast that card comfortably in like a two three mana, maybe two, but like even sometimes you struggle. But, like three mana control decks, which we're seeing that
1: way more often now. I it, it's hard to to do. I mean, I'll be honest. I I pl- tried overwhelming denial. And the easiest card, the most obvious card to pair that with is Opt. Mm -hmm. So I had to get myself to blue, blue, blue on turn three, which is part of the reason I've cut back from it because it was hard to do, but that's also because I'm playing a three-color deck and I need a lot of black mana to make Nicol Bolas work, so I have a little bit more black mana than I probably should otherwise. I think I have more black sources than the Demir deck, even though I'm running three colors. Um, So, but in that, when I was playing that, I noticed like, I think this is pretty doable if you like try really hard and also grixis doesn't have a triome so if you have a triome if you have like some other lands like your your tango lands or or even a show land god forbid um then like i think achieving blue 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 on turn 3 isn't that hard for i think i think archmage's charm would be worth it to maybe demir dex would finally start running soul shatter because it's easier to cast it and they realize hey wait we could have been playing this better card the whole time you will not you will not come down from that hill i will die on that hill soul shatter is better than hero's downfall i'm like that meme like change my mind soul shatter is better than hero's downfall change my mind um um i don't know niche circumstances Yeah, then they show you a picture of, like, a Ravenous Chupacabra and a Chandra Torch of Defiance. It's like, you feel stupid now, (laughs) (laughs) dude. That's the same mana cost, buddy. (laughs) I have been wanting
0: a more powerful version of Ravenous Chupacabra for so
1: long. No. I want it. No. I want it. Ravenous Chupacabra is a very, very powerful card. It just does some... It's the same thing. We already talked about it with Epic Glass, but we talked about this individually when we talk about zombies. Ravenous Chupacabra is a super powerful card. It just does something that nobody cares about at this point. But, like, a creature with a removal spell stapled on, Ravenous Chupacabra is the shit.
0: Oh, I love that card. Because remember, I.
1: Dude, I'm. Fuck. It. I'm like, going to play it in Pioneer. I, I don't give a shit. D- I. Dude, I don't want a Ravenous Chupacabra that you can hit off Collected Company. Please. Ooh. Like. No, I don't want like a one-one with a murder stapled on. It's, please don't.
0: Hmm. But like, I would play in standard. I played the Rakdos sack deck with like Play Crafter, Ravenous Chupacabra, um, and like I think that I think that'd be kind of cool Pioneer because I played. You go didn't have a turn one play, but now you go turn like turn one thoughts turn one thing like fatal push like if you're on the draw, um, and then you go turn two like Dusty and Zealot, turn three. You can go into Playcrafter, Crafter, sack the Dusk Legion Zealot to make the opponent sack something or whatever. Turn four, chubacabra or something. Like, it's slow now. Uh, Sounds like a
1: fantastic way to lose to Niv.
0: Oh, yeah. that's That would be horrible against a Niv. Um, okay, we, we need a three-mana chupacabra but it's a sh- it's a soul shatter stapled onto it
1: i'd be all for it just because it's soul shatter but wait yeah let, let's just have a, th- a three mana creature that could destroy planeswalkers no no no,
0: no. uh that's play crafter because it says planeswalker it's just it's it's uh, sacrifice yeah. a creature sacrifice a planeswalker or discard a card if can't do either
1: yeah but they get to pick one rather than chupacabra that would probably oh yeah, yeah be, uh, other than soul shatter which doesn't actually let the big yeah unless if it was if CMC's if, if
0: play crafter let you pick that'd be insane Actually, it's funny we're talking about Playcrafter because I was doing trading today and people have like their excel sheets or whatever, like their list of like haves or wants. This guy had his list of haves and he and I sorted by price and the third card listed was Playcrafter. And I was like and it and it said it was like 30 something dollars and I was like there is no fucking way. Because like we've seen, we've seen uncommons just randomly just be short printed. Like look at uh, the the pitiless punter in from uh, Ixon, like that's a fucking ten dollar uncommon. And I, I looked, it, it's it's fifty cents. I'm like, I that dude typoed somehow. I don't know why or how he did that, but I almost had a heart attack because I'm <laughs> like, Alex, I have hundreds of these, literal hundreds <laughs>
1: of these. Brad was thinking like of his next car he was gonna buy of selling crafters. <laughs> Like, is this, is this a Commander All-Star? <laughs> no. Brad's just going to flood the market single-handedly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to... It's basically like a, uh, I sell them all and all of a sudden it just skyrockets down to $2 a piece. You're welcome. <laughs> That's why it's so expensive. I've been hoarding <laughs> them all. I'm literal Kaiba. It's great. I don't, I don't know what skyrocket
1: goes down, but sure. You know what? I didn't say it correctly. You're right. I'm tired. Look at that. Yeah, this is this is traditionally Brad's ballpark, so I got it when I had the chance.
0: Yeah, and he had the biggest shit-eating grin I've ever seen on him. <laughs>
1: like, just that, that silence you heard? I was like, who's the pedantic... I was just like, who's the pedantic Well, now, bitch? It's still me. <laughs> yes.
0: The word he was looking for was pretentious, but we all understood.
1: Uh, it's, I thought pedantics is when it had to do with, like, words word stuff
0: i mean in this context pretentious would work better
1: both. (laughs) see here we go
0: (laughs) but pedantic but pedantic works fine but that's usually be like pedantic is talking about like length and like density of like speech or like written stuff so like basically it's saying like it's that's a better representation of someone that uses a lot of big vocabulary incorrectly in a fucking short time frame like they say all these words rapid fire, and then you're like, that sentence didn't make sense, dude. And they're like, but it had 42 syllables in But it had
1: a lot of expensive words <laughs> in it.
0: Did you you sprinkled in the word mitochondria, sir? I don't think don't think that's what you wanted to do. And you're like, hey, it's it's the it's the power, it's the powerhouse of my sentence. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, biology. I wanted to be a biology teacher at one point. I can't believe it at this point.
0: There's a, um, uh, my, one of my friends at work, she has a shirt that says selfie. and It's a fucking literal cell, like with the mitochondria and everything, taking a selfie. It's spelled C E L L F I E. And I'm like,
1: <laughs> yes, it's so good. Uh, I'm entertained. But before we go off topic too much, because we've talked about one deck, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <We're in>. So <laughs> now we're in. <laughs> so Jeskai controls obviously uh, is is like the breakout deck. It's a pretty great deck. Um, I think it's it's definitely a, an interesting way to take Expressive Iteration um, because you're often gonna end up like grab making a land drop with it if it, in a deck like this where you might have like a lot of counter magic and. Um, Removal and that sort of thing that like you can't always immediately cast. So the cart you're exiling is often gonna be a land, but I mean, which makes it a little bit strange. that it's a one off, but like, which goes pretty well into a deck that runs X spells like Sphinx's Rav and to an extent a four off Shark Typhoon, where it's like you're kind of happy making like your umpteenth land drop. Like, yeah, it's fine, right? I don't, I don't mind playing another land. Yeah, another land, I'll take it. I, I I've got stuff to dump it into. Also got some castles, got a Needle Spire, got some Triomes. So you've got plenty of ways to use all that mana. So that makes it a pretty cool, pretty cool fit into a control deck like this. Even though we generally see the Expressive Iteration decks actually be really low on the curve, so you end up like exiling a spell very often that you'll be playing a turn. You can grab a land, obviously. But this is basically grabbing a land like every time. I feel like do you
0: feel like this is a fluke deck this particular let me rephrase this particular 75 because I asked that because the 75 seems really like just easy I guess and one thing that's really glaring to me is that those four Dovins veto in the main like I, I guess it's easy to side out but like that's just do you feel like pioneers in the meta right now are like where that's the correct call? Where you go four main deck, uncounterable, counter non target, non creature spell?
1: Um, It's a bit hard to say. I would think I, I always have a hard time like putting main deck negates and stuff in, and I've never done it with four. Uh, but just a quick glance at the meta game I think you can. Because, so I just grabbed the last thirty days top one. Um, four out of those five, four out of the five top decks are uh, blue, and that also means you're going to be facing a lot of mystical dispute, which this card is fantastic against. And um, their sideboard also contains four mystical dispute, so they're definitely considering blue decks. Uh, and almost every blue deck has powerful non creatures. That they want to go into. Uh, Niv. Niv Delight obviously has Spring Delight. And some other cards. Phoenix has uh, Treasure Cruise. We see Treasure Cruise and Jeskai Ascendancy. Uh, Dig Through Time out of Demir Control. Uh, not one of the top 5. But also I thought of that one. Um, and um, and Soul is getting pretty popular. And they tend to be a f- pretty... like Almost all of their actual scary cards are non-creatures. Like you you don't care about the Ornithopter. you care about the Aldance Glitters that's being put on it. And that is also Yeah, and they've got like main deck stubborn denial. Um so I think Dovid's Veto is sensible, but a large part of that I would say is the uncounterbleness uncountableness of it, as opposed to like if I were playing Demir, I wouldn't be maining for negate, for example. But if I'm playing Jeskai, I could see maining for Dovin's, Vino. Cuz it's a fucking awful card that should have never been printed. What? I have a strong hatred for Dovin's. Fido. Oh, I know you do.
0: You'd feel you'd feel different if it was uh if it was black and
1: blue. They don't they don't put this stuff in black, right? Yeah. That that's the reason like I don't well I I understand that people give white a lot of shit. And it's because Mono White generally has a lot of problems. White's the best splash but There's color. A lot of, by far. There, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of cards that are part white that make me think, like, I don't think you guys should be complaining. Yeah. Like, Dovin's Veto, uh, Teferi Hero of Dominaria, Three Fairies, Supreme Verdict. Um, There are some extremely good white cards. Literally. It's just more like they're Azorius yeah, cards. Literally
0: all the sweepers.
1: Like every mono
0: white sweeper in existence is playable, at the very least. Yeah. Even even the super expensive ones, where you're like, "There's no way you'd ever play this," and you're like,
1: "Eh, you could. You really could." Yeah, I could see a place where you'd play Descend upon the Sinful. Yeah. The... Sure, six mana sweeper, no worries. Even
0: fucking, we're even seeing what's it called being played. Um, the the Wrath for Lands. Like the, Arm- like, the Armageddon or whatever. Like, we're just fucking, um... It's the enchantment, the saga, We're just nukes everything. Fault to the Red? What? Which one? Fault. Yeah. to the That! <laughs> like, that's even, like, I don't even remember I don't remember what deck is playing it, but there's a Pioneer deck where that's in the sideboard.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's fucking Yeah, sick. I remember. I, for- I forgot the deck, too. But... I don't know, like... But to, um... To... I, I think it's good to just go... F- because... Wait beforehand we decided let's rapid fire the challenge a little bit and we're on the first guy. Okay, hold on. <laughs> to
0: be fair, out of the about an hour we've been. Most going, of
1: it is Jess Guy, so Yeah, but
0: about about an hour of it though. Out of that hour, we've spent maybe twenty minutes actually talking
1: about the challenge. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Also there's there's a couple of more guy decks, so some of them will go a little bit faster. Um but well, I'm just going top to bottom in the challenge we're just stopping at a couple of decks rather than do this rapid fire going through everything because I feel like at one point people are going to lose track anyway of me reading out 32 decks in a row. Um, fourth place by uh, Nathan Stewart. Stewart? I think. This is Teamer Control. Uh, so thinking, hey, I can do that Jeskai thing except they forgot the expressive iteration. Um but this is very reminiscent of the uh, team or control deck that you played a lot uh, with the Nightback Ambusher. Um, and this is a Magma Opus Torrential Gearhulk deck. So why don't you touch on this deck a little bit? What we what are we looking at?
0: So you have a pretty small creature sweep. You go for Nightback Ambusher, which is super underrated. Um, it's like When I play with it, I was like... I thought it was just a good filler card of like, yeah, you're in a flash style deck with T-Hulk and Magma Opus, that kind of thing. It just fits. It is a fucking all-star. That card is insane. Um, then you have obviously T-Hulk. Um, one thing that this list is running that I did not run, um, very briefly was like, maybe. They're running two Sylvan Carried, Um, just as like the extra mana dork, extra mana sink. Sometimes it helps you get two Magma Opus a bit faster because um, sometimes you are in a position to actually hard cast instead of going into the T-Hulk plan. Because, I mean, you, you're running four of them, so discarding a Magmopus at some point, making a treasure, having a tit on board, you know, that, that that could be a turn four, in theory. Or not turn four. Oh, my God. Can you imagine a turn four fucking Magma Opus? <laughs> oh, Historic. I don't have to think about it too hard, because um, that's literally a deck with Mizzix Mastery.
1: No, in Historic, it's turn three, Oh, that's even more. Yeah. In Pioneer you can do turn four.
0: Oh, with like dorks and shit.
1: You can even just discard No, you can even just do discard one on turn t- two, discard one on turn three, and then on turn four you play your Hulk and sec the two treasures. You you'd have yeah. it. Okay. Um, But the historic one is just discard on two, then playing Mystic's Mastery on turn three. Yeah.
0: But then of course, of course the rest of the deck is uh Grow Spiral. Um they're running main deck aether gusts which is uh, interesting
1: um i find it kind of funny that one deck runs three main deck aether gusts and the other deck runs three main deck dovin's veto you're like what's going oh, the other on one
0: runs four <laughs> main deck dovin's veto it's like really fuck you um i was like what are we this doing this one's running a one of negate <laughs> this is, it's also running two mystical dispute in the main like this deck fucking hates anything that has a color is is what I'm guarding. <laughs> like, it's just like you know what I I'm playing this game, and uh, yeah, I don't like this game. <laughs> I, they they don't, they don't like Magic as a whole.
1: Instead of expressive iteration, some of these sideboards, any of these main decks, I I would laugh my ass off if someone next week just shows up with straight up Eldrazi aggro. That'd be amazing. <laughs> it's just my cards are all creatures and have no colors. <laughs> what are you going to do? Good luck. Um <laughs> Reality Smasher, you missed me. Current objective: survive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean that hey, that joke works two ways because that's literally the objective <laughs> when the when the Adrazi invaded Zendikar for everyone on the fucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Holy shit. <laughs> um but uh instead of running strict uh at this point i'd like eldrassi temple Ooh! instead of running Pretty um cool, actually expressive Duration, because you said like hey they haven't gotten the memo yet they're not playing it they're like hey hey trust me there's another strict card and is it that we could be playing instead And it's prismari command which i think prismari command is a really cool card um i just think and this is just this is just me alex i just think that um May and they, they did go six and zero oh, got fourth place in the challenge so you know maybe maybe uh but instead of running five cyborg cards in your main deck you could be running both expressive iteration and persimmon I don't know you could you could figure that out a little bit maybe the deck might work a little bit better in that sense but you lose out in the flash aspect you want to always whatever I, I get it I think you could still make it work it's turn fucking two it's fine the big thing with this deck is. It's running four Nissa. Um, obviously Nissa who shakes the world. I never even like I actually had I think uh, one or two Nissas in the sideboard of my team or deck. I never considered them main. Uh, never even, especially not four. But now that I'm looking at it, I'm kind of like, you know, it's it's nice because if it resolves and you get to untap with it and hold up counter magic and like your flash game plan with like the ability to double your mana. Essentially that's absolutely insane. And that will run away with the game immediately. Um, and then Nissa is just a huge threat on her own. So it forces your opponent to potentially use removal on her and be in a position to tap out or come close to tapping out on their turn to get rid of it. Um, 'Cause this is a and this is a great punish card. Um I don't know, it just it paves the way, it feels like, for your T-Hulk plan and nightpack an ambusher and all that. Or vice versa, you flash an ambusher, and they're like, Fuck, I gotta kill that. And then they tap out, and then turn five, you're like, here's a Nyssa.
1: Yeah, and like, okay, Nissa, cool.
0: And then they're like, Oh, okay. Well, my removal's gone. I can't kill that now. And then you're like, Oh, you can't? I get to untap with Nyssa? Okay, two Nightpack Ambushers. Two more. Here you go. Uh, really cool kid. Really cool deck. Um, we saw this appear a little while ago, like a few months ago. Um, essentially, when Magmablis was released with Strixhaven, it birthed this deck. Uh, this is the f- first time we're seeing it in a, what a few weeks. It's been it's been a hot minute. Um, I don't know. I I don't know what to think. Like, I feel like it's hard to just tell you if this is a real deck or not. Obviously, it's a real deck in the sense that you can win games. I played it. It's fucking fun. But Pioneer is is so wide open. We talk about this as being, like, a huge positive for the format. And it still is. But the the downside in the sense of from
1: our perspective... Makes playing reactive decks harder. Yeah.
0: And like, a, and especially from the content side, is like, I can't confidently tell you like this is a player in Pioneer, like a genuine like this will be in the meta in a, a mainstay. Same thing with Jeskai. Like we've only seen one consistent control deck through the entire life of Pioneer. and That's Demir, has been the only control deck that's pretty much always stayed within the top fifteen decks. Azorius, is just like they tried it in the beginning, and then they just kind of realized fuck it's bad we don't have path we don't have we don't have anything good
1: well, it was it was pretty good until teferi got banned even when, then it's like wait we can't piggy we can't piggy bank of this overpowered card anymore yeah Shit. but even with
0: when teferi was here um he wasn't the best in azori's control you still saw more Demir a lot of the times over yeah, of like course. azori's control in three fairy was like oh i'll just be played in all the degenerate shit <laughs> like because you're thinking alex you're thinking too fair three fairy in a control deck yeah mm-hmm. that's that's where they designed him and that's where they wanted him to be in but really you're playing four color instead w- we're putting him in Niv. that oh yeah that and four color uh, reclamation eh eh there you go Ooh. oh i miss alex i miss playing wreck i really liked playing wreck I thought it was such a fun deck. I
1: don't miss playing against it. I'll put it that way. Yo, why did you play this zero mana card and why do you have 10 mana now when I have five?
0: Um, I'm I'm better at the game than you. Probably. (laughs) Math checks out. I don't know what to tell you, buddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Imagine Wreck with Magma Opus. um, I know. I know. It makes me so happy. (laughs) I mean, you can go to Modern and play it. They have, they have three fairy to keep it in check. Turn turn to turn two. Turn two. Discard Magma Opus. Use the treasure to play a reclamation. You can now hold up a three-mana counter spell next turn, Magma Opus. Uh-huh. Ow. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Uh bring back three fairy and bring back wreck. It's fine. They'll, they'll check each other. No. <laughs> I'll leave. The Pioneer Perspective will be a one-man podcast. I'll be done. <laughs> um. So. Uh, The next deck I want to touch on real quick is... uh, Did he swap? No. Is uh, Naya Midrange, which is almost aptly named at this point. Uh, 17th place, it's Naya Winoda, as Naya Midrange always is. Uh, But there's a couple of noticeable things about this deck. So, interesting one is that Minsk is it. Because Minsk is a human, which makes it a hit of Winoda. But it makes a token that isn't a human. Now, I believe... Or is it in addition to its other types? Yeah, so that doesn't work. You can't make... How does it... No, because the Intimidator turns something into a coward and it has no other creature types. It makes it a giant in addition. But So that is a... Anyway, it's a human that gives you a non-human. So it's both a Winoda hit and a Winoda enabler. And it's in Naya colors. But there's only two Blade Historian and zero Angras Marauder. So it's way fairer to an extent like, if your opponent is swinging with Winoda, they're still doing, like, gross shit because it's Winoda. But there's a reasonable chance that you're not, like, dead in one go. As opposed to what the Winoda decks were in the past with the Angras Marauder, the Blade Historians. Like, they still have that, but it's it's pretty uncommon now as opposed to what it used to be.
0: I mean, you, you already put it best before we started recording. You literally said, you know, as I'm looking at the... Uh... At the name Naya Midrange, I can finally agree with Goldfish.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. Like, yeah, Bladesaur, it's kind of an unfair card, but eh, it's fine. Also a deck that's flexing with how good Innkeeper is. Yeah. Okay. Look, I am.
0: I have to formally apologize to Prosperous Innkeeper. I, I am really sorry, my dude, my bro. Okay. <laughs> um. We we saw you. You're good. Yeah. We saw you that first that first week before spoilers even started you were like the first spoiler and uh look man
1: and then everyone looked at power word kill yeah which is not even playable at the moment and then everyone just looked over prospecting Keeper. and it,
0: it makes it even more flavorful with the art of him being like "Eh, hey look at this shit look at it come on look at look, huh? look what i made for look you look at this inn. I, I made you a treasure and look at that you gain life every time another bro joins the inn it's great it's great." The flavor's fantastic.
1: It- <laughs> it's actually funny. So <laughs> I've had this art the wrong, way, the wrong way around just so it looks like obviously the art is depicting like him showing you the way into the <laughs> it looks like he's saying get the fuck but out. But I got a bit of the feeling <laughs> when he's telling you to leave. <laughs> we all ignored him if you're going to be rude I would like you to leave my inn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what can I say except get the fuck out? Like... <laughs> um but there's also playing ranger class but yeah i mean look innkeeper is insane yeah, in even this more deck. mid-range stuff it's insane in this deck it's a it's a 1-1 non-human that triggers winota that just goes with your dork plan and it's it, it in itself is another pseudo dork
1: that you don't need to keep around well the, the great the great thing about this is that you could play this on turn two, and on turn three, you could sack the treasure, play a Winota, and it can attack. Yeah. As opposed to like dorks that, like Paradise Druid, which was run before, but that had to tap on turn three to play your Winota, and then it could swing the next turn and contribute to Winota. So it did double duty, but Innkeeper just does it way better. And that makes me think that might be the reason why this deck is a little fairer. Because if you do that scenario, turn two Innkeeper, turn three Winoda Swing, and you hit a Blade Historian or a Marauder, doesn't actually do that much. Because you're only swinging in with... Well, the Marauder kind of hits like a truck. Yeah. So in that way, I'd probably be even more tempted to put the Marauder in. But like overall, like I am not a big fan of Kenrith. But if you have that scenario and you hit a Kenrith... Kenrith's actually great for the follow-up turns if you're going for a somewhat fairer game plan because of that first ability. So you go on turn two, Innkeeper, turn three, Winoda. On turn four, you just do something like play an elf, play another Innkeeper, give all of them haste, and that's two more Winoda triggers.
0: (laughs) Alex, I've never wanted more in my life to have the ability to time travel. Because I want so badly to go back to like 99 and talk to some magic players and just be like, you want to know what magic's like in the year 2021? And I just show them this Winota deck. And I'm like, here, read everything. Here are all the cards. Have fun. Dude, they're
1: fucking... Prosperous Innkeeper has more lines of rule text than the decks in 1999. Yeah, And they're like, dude, I've got like two mana, three two haste. It's great
0: i'm just looking through the list you're like, like dork dork and like, keeper and then you're like there then it's like elite spellbinder holy shit that's good voice resurgence you'll get that in a few years buddy it, but it's really good and then they see minx or minsk
1: actually no they they they, they read they elite spellbinder and they're like what's exile oh shit <laughs> <laughs> no the best one is just showed them merfolk looter which they know oh yeah yeah one of the blue and it taps and it loots and then show them jace and they're like it's the same card but with a full planeswalker on the back Like, yeah, that'll do. Alex, what's a planeswalker? And they're like, actually, (laughs) no, but they'll be even weirder because they look at Jace. It's like, well, how does someone not see this when I'm shuffling my unsleeved deck? Ugh. (laughs) and the dude next to them is like what's this sleeve thing you're talking about it's like oh yeah it's up and coming some people are like kind of protect their deck but you know what my trusty old black lotus that they like show with part of the corner chipped off like has served me really well for these past few years
0: uh judge he's uh he's marking his cards i, I can see that chipped corner okay
1: <laughs> and the judge is like have you looked at your deck dude i can tell half the cards
0: my dog chewed on it. That's, that's that's a little blow, dude.
1: Yeah, I, I could just now, like, I remember playing Yu Gi Oh! with my friends, and some of them had Korean cards. And you could tell, like, what trap card they had because the, the trademark symbol was in Korean. Yeah. And now I'm actually like, that's actually, like, really dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I can play around in the card because I can see the damage. One of them had, a, I think one of them had a card, like a Mirror Force or something. And it was like, it had, like, folded a time, so there was, like, this sort of, like, crack across the back. Yeah. that's like, oh, yeah, that's the mirror for us. Got to play around. There. Oh, I, I did the exact <laughs>
0: same thing. But look, you know what? You don't need to feel bad about it. You don't need to feel like it's dodgy or, like, whatever. You know why? Because at that point, you're playing Yu-Gi-Oh! in the most authentic median you possibly can with anime influence rules and cheating. That's completely supported. <laughs> okay, so you are beyond your means a-okay in being like oh yeah fuck that card yeah because they literally cheated in the if show. The
1: anime cheats 24 yeah. 7 then i mean the
0: the millennium puzzle the heart of the cards is literally just stacking your deck that's literally the power of the millennium puzzle is stacking your deck <laughs> that's why he always drew what he needed at every given point while like the millennium eye for pegasus he just read your fucking mind and can see your hand He's just stream sniping you. That's he's literally fucking stream sniping you.
1: <laughs> it has constant information. The the enemy was bullshit. I love the GX when he got that card. It's like three times when you want to. This card becomes any card that you want. I was like, if that would be me, that shit would be pot of greed three times. And I think like, he could have just given me pot of greed. <laughs> <laughs> what do i need i don't know more cards <laughs> just hey this 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 could be
0: anything it could even be a pot of greed then just get the pot of greed no 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 no. this could be anything
1: <laughs> he's like yeah i don't care <laughs> give me the pot of greed dude i think he's like against a duel against like the equivalent of their god cards and he's like has this whole like complicated plan and it's like dude just wish for a dark hole you're good yeah or regeki oh yeah even better if it could be any card
0: yeah or uh if he's in the right matchup harpy's feather duster and he's you're like huh <laughs>
1: Huh? Ooh. Paleozoics <laughs> <laughs> Get dunked on,
0: kiddo <laughs> I love paleozoics so fucking much Okay, we just alienated like... 70% of our audience in the last four minutes.
1: I'm sure there's actually... Pl- I have heard from a lot of people that we that I, I talk about that they actually played Yu-Gi-Oh! in the past two. That makes me so happy. So For
0: those people, they understand.
1: And it wasn't like... And it's in like the... And it's in the Battle City arc, like the most popular series probably, more than like the actual first one, at least over here, that like... That dude plays like the trap cards that are monsters. So I just I, which is literally what paleozoics are. Yeah, my for people who wonder, just trap card is monster now. Cool.
0: Except paleozoics were better because they were aqua types, and they were they were um, treated as um, uh, double. Uh, basically, you could overlay them and make. Uh, or you put you, I'm sorry. You,
1: yeah, okay. Now Brad's kind of losing me, too. You, okay, I'm sorry. You want to overlay the traps. I never played with Xyz. They were weird.
0: You want to overlay the traps, but you would use them to basically summon out, um, uh, what's it called? Um, toads and frogs. And you could play totally awesome, but you could actually overlay the Paleozoics to play Paleozoic XYZ cards, which there was like three of those. And those are pretty good. God, it was such a fun deck. And then you went into like Bahamut Shark. It a card Bahamas Shark to get Elder Entity
1: Norden. Okay, okay, okay. Oh. I'm going to tell you to stop right now and we're going to move on. I know what half of those cards are, but anyway. No, there's, there's a um, band coming there. So we have our Naya mid range deck, uh, which truly feels like a Naya mid range deck. It's even, I mean, you know you're a mid range deck where there's giddy in your sideboard, together with Yasharn. I'm very sad that the card's 4 4, by the way. I wanted to play it in my Mael deck the afternoon. but um, Let's look. So. I don't have much else to add about this deck. Eighteenth place deck is uh, mono green, which we have uh, we have seen before, obviously. We all know what this deck does. Uh, but you brought it up a little bit, Brad, because you had something to say about it. Yeah,
0: they're playing Ranger Class, and they should be playing another few copies of Lair of Hydra. Uh, Ranger Class is really cool. It's like Baby Vivian that helps you grow your dorks, because the best thing about this deck is like, cool, we get to play Nykthos to its fullest ability, and potential in pioneer. Cause we go dork, dork, Bernie Tremissary, a lot of, you know, green pips problem with that. When you're playing so many dorks and things like Bernie Tremissary, once they kind of get on the board, they don't do all that much on their own. That's where Vivian's so great. She herself provides three pips of loyalty. Um, I'm not, loyalty, I'm sorry. Um, devotion, devotion. Basically they, they could have called it loyalty and I would have been fine with that too. Um, and, uh, you just kind of like pump your dorks, And then you go into big things later, like your Elder Gargroth, Vorinclex, things like that, your Nissa's, and then your mana gets insane. So having Ranger Class to be like an extra few copies of Vivian, in a sense, to help push through some damage with your dorks, really cool. The other thing is, speaking of the mana sync ability with Nissa who shakes the world, your devotion with Nykthos, all that good stuff... Playing Lair of the Hydra is really, really good considering it's the only modal—not um, modal. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the um, the D and D module land. versions of the cards when I said modal. But yeah, the uh, the land from the D and D set is the only one that you pay X to activate it, and you can make it as big as you want. Now it does not have trample, which is kind of a bummer. But when you come, you can give a trample with Vivian the- exactly. And on top of that, even if you didn't, let's say you don't have the ability to do that. You make this thing so un-reasonably like big, and you're like swinging in, and they're in a position where they have to block. Well, they can block your giant fucking 20-20 like Lair of the Hydra. Sure. Meanwhile, you have a 4-4 Elvish Mystic, a 4-4 Light or Elves, a 6-6 burn Tree Emissary, uh, another, like, 5-5 five, five Llanowar Visionary. A few, like, Vracersizers that are, like, 6-7s. Like, or you just, like, have Vorinclex. Like, it helps the deck move forward. And I think it, it's really small when you look at it. Kind of like the way Innkeeper works with uh, Citadel now, for, like, Gen Citadel, and uh, Winota. It's such a small addition, but we just spoke to how big of an impact it has in those decks. I think the same can be true for mono green when it comes to Ranger class and Lair of the Hydra. Um, and even the mono green uh, stompy version that, pl- that plays the Werewolf now, uh, I think has some potential as well in like Ranger class. But that this seems nice. I think you should either go down one more four. I think two Hydras. I think two Hydras would be fine. Like, I think you can afford to cut something. You cut a Garenbrig or like a forest. I know it's hard to cut the forest because you're like Nissa. it makes forests do things. So yeah, cut a Garenbrig. But then I can't cheat into Vorinclex. Dude, you are going to be cheating into Vorinclex just fucking fine without it. Look at all the dorks you have. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. You're good. Yeah. Is there anything in the sideboard that's Um, cool? Oh, shifting ceratops. I love shifting ceratops. uh, Oh, this makes me so happy. This this is great.
1: I'm co- I am contractually obligated to hate shifting ceratops. Okay,
0: well I have foils, so um, I love him, <laughs> and uh, I also have foils of Garrick Harbinger. So I like looking at these two cards as like cyborg options for mono green. You're like, I'm going against mono black. All right, Harbinger comes in. I'm going against control Ooh, with those. blue. Okay, ceratops. It, it's just like it's so easy. Um, I'm surprised they don't have. Uh, uh, what's it called? No, there, no, never mind. We need, we, this would, yeah, generally,
1: yeah, you go. I first. was gonna say,
0: this is what green needs green needs a creature that hates on every other color, and then they also need a green creature that has protection from green <laughs> for the mirror.
1: <laughs> That's not gonna end poorly at all. Look at mystical dispute, it's very good when cards counter their own color, yes. Um, yeah, I I find the like, color hate cards. They often make for easy sideboarding. Uh, I remember um when I was pretty new to Magic, but I, w- I was introducing people at my store because we had like you know a couple kids coming to play, etc. And they were always very confused by sideboarding because sideboarding is especially building a sideboard is probably like the hardest thing in Magic, but it is two thirds of your game. Well probably a little less because you sometimes get 2-0'd or 2-0 someone, but it's a large part of your game. At least 50% of your game is sideboarding. And uh, back then, I would always advise people to just, if you don't know how to sideboard, you had like these generic cards. Like, uh, blue decks have Negate, black decks have Duress, uh, white decks have disenchant, etc. And to an extent, I feel like the color hate cards are like nice and easy cards to sideboard with. 'Cause they're generally really good. So if you don't really know what to do with your green deck, and you're like, you know, I don't really know how to sideboard, or I don't really know what to expect, it's hard to go wrong with cards like Garrick's Harbinger, Shifting Ceratops, Display of Dominance, uh, those type of cards. Yeah. So that's always what I kinda like about them. Um then except again the um the main offender being Mystical Dispute. But I'm saying that, but we have had plenty of cards in the past that have done this, and they weren't. They were fine. Uh, Gainsay, um, Chandra's Defeat, Jace's Defeat, basically the whole defeat cycle yeah. were basically all fine or actually bad. It's just that Mystical Dispute is so egregiously powerful. But to be honest, I well, it's because it works against itself. It's not its own color. Like Chandra's Defeat is exceptionally powerful, but it is red removal that works against red creatures. You can't actually use a Chandras defeat to stop a Chandras defeat. Yeah. I, I think that's fact... where most of these cards go wrong, which would be the problem with like a green pro green creature. As you sort of, you know, you jokingly suggest it. but like the problem is you just end up with both of you having four of them on the field. You're like, yep, <laughs> guess we're not doing anything. It's a race. Um, I mean, uh,
0: the problem with Misfitspeed is the fact that it interacts with itself on the stack and not on the battlefield. I think that's the issue. Like it, it's a it's a color hate card that stops its own color, but in the plane of you know not existing yet.
1: Well, I I feel like it's mostly hate cards hating on themselves. Um, how do I say it? It's kind of the problem when it's like the same card, uh, the same card type. So again, a green pro green creature is bad because it's good against other creatures because green doesn't have removal. A blue counterspell that's good against blue counterspells is bad because it's the same type of card. But removal versus creature, or a creature that has a protection from like, like a black creature with pro-black has the creature problem. Actually, I'm saying that if you're, both of your creatures are mono-green, they can't block each other. Yeah. So it actually just becomes the dumbest race. So <laughs> Like, once you've got one, you can't even put counters on it with Vivian. You would just kind of, like, chip into your opponent. But, like, like a pro-black creature that is black would, like, almost make more sense because that's probably makes more sense for countering removal because black often has removal. That would kind of make more sense, but... Thank I'm God not bu- they're doing more hexproof from
0: colors instead of protection.
1: Well they've they've gone back and done more protection because obviously protection was gone for a long time. And then around Dominaria we had like the white the uh, knights of banalia. It's like knight of banalia and then I think and then like the black one. Um, that have like hexproof from a color, like Garrick's Harbinger. Mm-hmm. Which I think is generally way better designed because protection is just kind of stupid. Like not being able to be blocked. Like, I don't know, I don't like that. Um, the idea that creatures lose auras if they're of that color like it's hilarious if you're playing arena and you're playing a white deck and your opponent's playing sram and they're like oh i'll use my elson of life's bounty to give my creature pro white so they can't be blocked and they just lose every aura that's attached to it yeah point like, in life. it's hilarious but it is also stupid or like brave the elements making your entire board unblockable like, I don't know if this was how they intended for this card to work.
0: I mean, that's that's how I use Godswilling half the time when I'm playing a deck with it. I'm like, yeah, this is a protection spell, but first and foremost, this is an unblockable spell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I win so many games where I'm like... Unblockable, yeah. scry. Well, because you go... You, you do the Jeskai Sentency thing where you kind of go off a little bit. Like, if you have... um, What's the two-drop in, like, Boros Agro? um, The one that grows... The same concept as, like, uh, with Heroic. Uh, 10th District Legion. Yeah, so you get her down, and then you're like, yeah, you know, fucking grower, draw cards, card, scry, 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 draw, draw. And then you're like, she's a 7-7. Seven, seven. And you're like, oh, yeah, by the way, Mr. Monogreen player, God's willing. Oh, also, um, Boom. I have <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> a a Dreadhorde Arcanist. So, God's willing, again.
1: <laughs> like, I love... On the Arcanist. no.
0: No, I will sacrifice the Arcanist to get in the other damage again because I already got in seven last turn. I'm probably going to get 13 in this turn. We're good. I win. <laughs> the Arcanist died for uh, for the
1: cause. Now, I do genuinely want to start rapid firing because we've been going on for very long and we do want to talk a bit about the state of the game article, which I think is interesting. Yes. Um, so uh, I'm just going to go at it and you just tell me when there's something you really want to point out. Um. So there's another Jeskai control deck in this challenge, 20th place. It is a Magma Opus version. It runs Dick Through Time, uh, Torrential Gear Hulk. So it's a li- it, it's different from the other version, but uh, the core at its core, there's a lot of similarities. There is the Supreme Verdict, um, the expressive iterations, Planeswalkers. Uh this one's definitely just a little bit more like less reactive. See fewer copies of Mystical Dispute, fewer absorbs, fewer Dovin's Vetoes. Um fewer prismari command only one supreme verdict so a bit more of sort of like a self-centered deck uh 27th place we see basically mono red but we'll we'll call it is it um is it indomitable creativity that just hits a bunch of terror of the peaks and then an ember cool for some reason um, i mean it's 13 like other places where you should run more yeah but it's is like other places where you should be running Angrath's Marauder. Not just Winoda, it's here. Like, why would I want to hit an Emrakul and a Terror of the Peaks and deal 13? Well, like, let's say you hit... Okay, sure, if you hit two Terror of the Peaks and an Emrakul, they still die, so I guess it doesn't make too much of a difference, but it almost feels like this person just wanted to flex by the fact that there's an Emrakul in their deck. I mean... I guess if you get a lot of treasures, you're like, oh, I guess I'll cast an Emrakul.
0: <laughs> can you even... What, can, what's the most you get off Devotion? You have planeswalkers, you have creatures to your lands or anything. You have Den of the Bugbear that could die. Um.
1: Oh, the, you mean uh, delirium? Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean with unexpected windfall, Prismari Command. Uh, you can you can get a uh, Chandra, Torch of Defiance. You you can probably cast an Emrakul sometimes, but please just run Grass Marauder uh, and probably just two, so you don't whiff as often. But you've got Fire Prophecy, which is kind of a cool card. Um, Anywho, moving on to the Sunday Challenge. Uh, A couple decks to touch on. Uh, We see the Sage of the Fallen Locust God, so the Jeskai Intolerable Creativity deck. Uh, Make a a comeback, ending up in third place. Pretty cool deck. Uh, Talked about this in length before. Yeah. Um, Fourth place was uh, Jeskai Control. Once again, uh, this is um a combination um well it, it, it's it's pretty similar actually to the um magma Opus deck I just touched on but that's like a higher number of absorb it actually has the play set of Supreme version I like this version so it's a little bit of yeah, in I like this version
0: way more than the other yeah one.
1: I'm a big fan of this version
0: it, it seems a bit more I, I like the
1: one without magma opus the most um because again I I talked about this a long time ago we're talking about magma opus where I feel like your deck should probably already be a Gearhawk deck, and then you can put Magma Opus in, but I think once you start adding both, I feel like that's a lot of stuff that has to be added to your deck. So I like the cleaner Jeskai deck more that just kind of only wins with the Fairy uh, than this, but this, I already like this more than that other version. Definitely. Speaking of the... Uh... Yeah, speaking of the... Guy Deck. So there was uh, 11th place, again, uh, Vf uh, VFS, one who won the actual Saturday challenge, and an upcoming 11th in the Sunday challenge. Actually, kind of proves like, yeah, proves a little bit more of like how good the list actually is. Because you just take the same to a 75 and you win the first challenge, and you get 11th place in the second one. So it's just a very strong weekend from the VFS. And. Then another take on Jeskai is Jeskai Dragons in 21st place. Going 3-3. Three three. Um, it's not the biggest record, but running Magma Opus, Galaseth Prismari, uh, Goldspan Dragon, if Perun, and then some of the dragon payoffs. We see Draconic Roar, Silimgarn uh, Scorn, then it's a White Cards, there's Chain to the Rocks, Deafening Clarion, and then a bunch of sideboard stuff. So, that is it for the challenges. Now, even though we've been rambling for way too long already, we initially, for like... I don't know how much we've got to talk about this week. Lots of stuff going on on Twitter. It's like, hey, it's not the... not the... Uh, the most eventful week in Magic. But then, uh, Mark Rosewater, on the 60th of August, dropped a, the State of Design article. This is an article he's been writing every year since 2005 where he basically goes over uh, the lessons that were learned this year and, like, basically what went right, what went wrong. Um, So he thought it'd be interesting to just go over the 2021 version um, and just kind of give our two cents on it. So he starts off... So the first one is overall, and then it's going to become set-specific. So the overall one is the highlights of this year, Say, a lot of Magic was purchased and played. So, um, really, talk about the pandemic. um, Predicted a downturn in play and sales. Uh, After all, much of Magic plays in person. To our pleasant surprise, the last year of Magic broke records. More Magic was played and purchased than ever before in its 28 years history. And not just digitally, but physical cards as well. So actually sort of proving the resilience of physical magic too. Um, and then he says a life, which I think is a nice one. This last year has been a rough one for the world, but it seems magic helped a lot of people get through it.
0: I mean, without like things like this server, for this me. podcast wouldn't exist. Um, things like that. Like, yeah, magic made yeah. my pandemic far more, you know, sufferable.
1: Manageable. Um, I think it was a strong year for design is the other point one of the f- things I'm proudest about this year uh, in this last year's design is how well of a job we did mechanically capturing the residents of the worlds we visited adventuring, Norse mythology magical school, forgotten realm each set found the sweet spot of mechanics and themes that brought the world to life through gameplay, this is hard to do well so I'm very proud of the design team Um. yeah I've for me it's very much been through art i think has been like a big hit this year uh, i know art is pretty much always in magic but i really got the feeling that like the theme of a set like every set is so like easy to tell apart by the art even on like throw away comments for draft it's you kind of can immediately tell what world you're on just by looking at a card
0: yeah that's that's a pretty big deal um except for one card and that's the the um, the poison of the cup where that we thought for sure took place in almondket from Kaldheim.
1: yeah <laughs> that's the that's it's the like,
0: only one I was like iffy on other than that everything's been yeah you're, you're right spot on
1: uh, set boosters were a hit I sure I'll be honest I, I don't did really you see did you that many did Booster you see X Seth's
0: anymore. thing on that He retweeted something so Seth something no. from Goldfish retweeted uh, on Twitter, um, a guy that was a shop owner, basically like having his conversation with, um, like, with a Wizards rep. I'm gonna pull it up really
1: quick. I thought that was a joking one, wasn't it? A joking one where it was basically like they sold they hardly sold the draft booster boxes and like a ton of set booster boxes. Yes, but the and then this person didn't know what relative and absolute is in numbers.
0: Yes, but that stems from the whole thing of like the truth of that is that shops can't get that many draft sets anymore. Like there's an overabundance of set boosters and not uh, draft. Basically the thread was, um, uh, was uh WotC employee. All right. How many set boosters do you want? How many draft boosters do you want me? Well, we're not sure of the set booster thing and people here really like to draft. So we'll take 200 draft boxes and take 10 set booster boxes. Watsy? Well, we're allocating you so you can buy only 10 draft booster boxes, but as many set boosters as you want. So do you want to change your numbers? 10? Ah, uh, well, I guess that sucks for us. Um, Just give me 10 draft boosters and I guess 50 set boosters. Hey, you got it. A month goes by. Watsi. Hey, have you can, you? can we see your sales data? Yeah, sure. Unsurprisingly, our customers didn't really like the set boosters, but since we sold out of draft boosters, set boosters were the only thing that we could sell them. So we sold hundred percent of our draft boosters, 10 boxes and 40% of our set boosters with you know, 20 boxes. Wow. That is amazing. Set boosters outsold draft boosters two to one. Really? No, 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 no. That's not what happened. The data does not lie. LGS prefers set boosters. That was the whole thing. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking true. Um, Cause like, I've talked to like, there's a brand new shop that opened up and he's like, yeah, I, I tried getting like boxes in for D and D or whatever. I tried hitting in like just pre-release packs, couldn't get anything, but I got 20 set boosters behind me or set booster boxes. And I'm like, yeah, that's good for you. I like them. I mean, they're they're not for everybody. I don't draft that much. So I, I, I don't know why. Yeah. Like if I now
1: buy a booster, I buy a set booster. Because I don't draft.
0: Yeah. And the f- but they're better for me. Yeah. Because they come with a foil. They come with like, um, there's like more money in them. The only thing I
1: don't like, don't they come with like between one to four rares? Yes. Like they could come with multiple rares, but they can also just be like a draft booster. Yeah. I think I've never pulled, I've so far, so again, my sample size is like 10. But I think I have nine set boosters with one rare and then one with two rares. And, and I just read the back and it's like this one to four rare sounds like a scam.
0: Um yeah, I've had three in one for D. I had like
1: it's it's like when you go to a website and on the banner it says like up to ninety percent off, but that's like one article. And everything else is like twenty.
0: Yeah. It's the clearance rack over there that has two shirts that, you know, are like extra 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 large because of course they're on clearance.
1: <laughs> and it seems like someone's worn them already. Like I'm I'm impressed. Well actually
0: They're 90% I do live in the state I do live in the States, so I can't be that impressed. It's still impressive how big we can get It's like a people <laughs> over here. It's like wow.
1: You you actually you tried. It's just a, it's just a Wally movie, but then in real life. That's Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Wally Mart.
0: But yeah, um anyway, set
1: lessons for this year. Yeah, set boosters, hooray. Um lessons for this year so the first one they say is we need to get better at extending our mechanical themes between sets uh basically talking about like we visit a lot of worlds and the and they they want to do that because it doesn't uh while visiting more worlds per year helps magic keeps from feeling stale We've run into the opposite problem. Players get excited about mechanical themes in individual sets, but then feel as if that theme is abandoned as we move on to new things in other sets. <coughs> Warriors, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> warrior. Just, sorry, something stuck in my throat. Um, that that it's that right the and we've talked about this especially i think Caldheim was the most offensive one yeah
0: they had like 10 different mechanics which
1: explored a billion themes and all of them sucked right i'm i'm happy i got a couple of like at this point there's only one left in the deck but like i got like two or three good elves but i felt lucky because i felt like most archetypes just didn't get anything
0: hey we got
1: because everything got like four cards we got
0: berserkers baby
1: yeah. We compare those with the great cards from 1998, the 3-mana 2-3 hastes of the world. And that sort of thing. Now, like, I, this one seems kind of obvious, also because I look back, uh, because we initially wanted to see, like, hey, do we also want to sort of, like, see what they learned from 2019? You know, see, like, hey, about two years later, the things should sort of now be able to seep through in design? Uh, Wasn't a very interesting thing to do, so we decided not to do it. But while reading through that, this exact same lesson was in there, too. So, in that sense, they haven't learned. No. So... Hmm. Um, second point, modal double-faced cards didn't give the year the cohesion I was hoping for. Uh, so I guess it's sort of like a going theme throughout this set. They wanted to work with double-faced cards, and we did see them in Zendikar, Kaldheim and Strixhaven but I will say uh, again being a game designer is hard etc uh, and I respect Mara for the job he does but how is the cards also have something on the back like a way to connect a year like wow look Kaldheim and Zendikar are so similar to each other because they have cards with shit on the back I don't know yeah, I don't know. Like, that's that seems like <laughs> Just, a weird thing to draw a I don't know if that's what you were going through. Yeah. Like, the a connecting thing is if you put party in the first set and then actually put relevant party members in the set after. And you don't call your warriors, which would be part of the party, you call them soldiers and berserkers instead. And then the party mechanic doesn't work. Like, I don't see how you look at modal double-faced cards as a connecting element, and then you don't do that. It's kind of weird.
0: Also, like...
1: Again, I will argue that dude with sword should be a creature type, and we should just abandon soldier, berserker, knight, just warrior, just dude with sword. It's fine. It's basically the same thing. You know, dog, hound, there's also technically a difference. Who cares? Dude with sword is now a creature type.
0: Okay, no, no, no. No, creature type now is just... or
1: Sorry. Sorry. Person with
0: sword. No, no, no. It's just sword. That's the creature type. Because now the lore implication is that the sword is the actual creature because we still have, we have the living sword or whatever from uh, D &D. and D dancing sword. So now we have that. It's its own thing. And every time you see a creature holding a sword, you're like, I know who's in charge. I know who's the real puppet master in this.
1: (laughs) It's the sword. Yeah. Um, and then the third lesson. This one kind of applies to Pioneer, but it's obviously much more of a standard one. Uh Throne of Eldrain being so strong didn't let other sets shine. Yeah. Uh again, this mostly speaks to standard, of course. Throne of Eldrain is a fucking stupid set. And it basically bogs down the whole standard format because it's just about those cards. Um And now they're doing the same thing with Sh- uh, Inistrad. It feels like of the first spoilers. Yeah. So, we want to give. Let's hope they don't.
0: We want to give these sets a chance to shine, baby. Now we're rotating Eldraine, and we're just gonna drop another one on your lap. It's just like they skip.
1: Air Throne of Innistrad, get fucked.
0: Have Have you seen? Oh my god, have you seen? You seen the meme where it's like the dude like, going upstairs, and he, like, cl- like takes one step, and he's skipping, like, four steps, and he's just going, like, this. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's literally what Wizards <laughs> yeah. is doing. They're, like, it's, like, behind him is Eldrin rotation, and then you see, like, all the sets that should be relevant on those three steps he's skipping, and then it's, like, it's Innistrad. <laughs> it's the last one.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> I just really picture that one now. Uh, Zendikar Rising. Um highlights modal double-faced cards with lands on the back were very popular i'll say i was super i've been super surprised by how much i like modal double-faced cards i really thought i was going to hate them but i actually kind of like them i think they're very cool like the salundi vision uh Hagra mauling but also just the pathways especially the pathways I've actually been really enjoying playing with those. They they've been great.
0: Yeah, I agree. They're just hard to proxy. That's the only problem. That's also true.
1: Uh players enjoyed Landfall's return. I don't know, I don't I don't really care. I don't know what you make of the mechanic. I always think Landfall's fine. Fun mechanic, sure. Yeah. Never blows me away, but like Lotus Cobra's a little silly, but hey. Uh snap on equipment was popular. Yeah, it's 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 a design that I kind of like. But it almost, like, even more highlights how bad auras are, generally speaking. Because now we have equipments that just, like, I'm you, but better.
0: I mean, they they did a pretty good job of, like, adjusting the power level of those things. It's not like... Well... Well...
1: There's there's... no, like, ethereal Mm. armor that's an equipment.
0: Yeah, there's, there's, there's Embercleave, but Embercleave has its own thing. That's also 2019. So, or... Oh my god, it is.
1: Yeah, but I feel like <clears throat> auras are basically, like, they're only good if they're, like, one or two mana, because otherwise you should probably just be playing equipment at this point, with so much snap-on. Like, why would you ever play, like, a three or four mana aura where you could just put a Skyclave, a mauled Skyclave on your creature, and then on the next, and then on the next?
0: Because you can't play worse
1: Fair enough. But, I mean, you couldn't either when you play a three mana aura, but... Yeah, but you, you
0: could play you could play the better one mana aura. That's just like I
1: and they I say don't care. um you enjoy you okay. Hello Mark, I'm now part of this article. Uh you enjoyed party's general design space and liked it in limited. I've got a lot of positive feedback about how party was taking tackling a tribal theme in a very different way than we've done tribal themes in the past. Sorry, I didn't actually know anyone liked this mechanic. Felt
0: like a really hard to pull As, off mechanic.
1: Af- yeah, after on paper, right? On paper, it sounds cool, and I play with it. And it's like, God, I just wish I had that elf. That's basically a changeling, and just seventeen of those because I can't be bothered to actually assemble a party. Also, because the payoff just wasn't there. Yay, I uh, probably the only one is the, the cleric. Just because it's a kick ass beater. Cause you, it could be a one mana 5 2. That's probably like the only good one.
0: Yeah. I and mean, you could basically just be yeah. like, so, um, Mutivolt is the best party member.
1: Yeah. So so this this leads to the first lesson. Uh, party didn't live up to its potential when constructed. Um. blah, blah. Oh, this one's a funny one. Party had a lot more problems when it was brought to constructed formats, especially standard. The audience wanted more seeding pre- and post-Zendikar Rising of the four relevant class creature types, and wanted us to position some individual cards <coughs> base camp <coughs> to be more potent to make the theme work and construct it. Uh, I do know this feedback will be taken to heart the next time we do a larger tribal theme. I mean, that's obviously the obvious one. You know, Berserkers, we talked about it. And base camp. Base camp was just a joke that that card entered tapped, yeah. Just the, the the saddest card of all time.
0: They just don't want they don't want tribes to be good.
1: Yeah, I I I, I do get it. it. It's really weird, especially because like I don't know, I was also like, do they care about it being like an unclaimed territory? But do they really care about like the niche scenarios where base camp would work in a deck that isn't a party deck, just as an untapped land that just like happens to work and like your three-color humans deck because they're all warriors? Like, does it actually matter?
0: Uh, To wizards,
1: apparently. I don't think so. Yeah, apparently. Um, Then they said the set didn't bring back the things they wanted brought back. Uh, This is actually the sixth set on Zendikar, the third visit. Uh, A lot of sadness that certain elements weren't in the set. The biggest complaint was the lack of allies which I think makes a lot of sense, especially because it, like, it felt like it was kind of replaced by party. And I would have much rather had allies there because we already had allies. Yeah, a,
0: a, worse, a worse ally in party is basically what it turned out to be.
1: It's also because allies just... Okay, so I understand why. Because allies feels like party, but it is very hard to... Add to the allies um, archetype without being on Zendikar, where party is designed in a way that if they actually print good party members, there are some. I mean, I, I joked about it a little, but there are some decent payoffs to having an assembled party, like the. Is it like Archpriest of Iona or something? Yeah, the one that uh, the, the one. That drop, one yeah. Yeah, the one drop. Linvala's alright, right? You can run like two or three Linvala or whatever in that deck. Uh there's the one that makes your block board unblockable, the 2 mana, 2-1, like the Infiltrator or something. Uh there's the card that's basically stubborn denial. Like there there are some pretty decent party payoffs. And now they can add to that by printing like good warriors and, and good clerics in the future, where allies was just like. Yeah, you're on Zendikar, here's your allies. Oh, deck's not good enough. Guess we'll see you next time on Zendikar. So I do think party has a lot more potential for the future, but felt worse in the short run. So in the long run, this is probably the right decision. And I think this is also a good one. And this is something I complained about. They're also Eldrazi. There were no Eldrazi in the set at all. Like, not even, like, remnants of it. And the... Um, the impact the Eldrazi had on the world seemed very small within the set. Like, you wouldn't think that, like... If you look at the card, I f- I forgot the name. It is basically a rampant growth for a waste. It's, like, left in ruin or whatever. Um, On that card, you basically see, like, the destruction that Ulamog and Kozilek are doing as they just, like, walk... O- they basically just, like go for a casual walk over a landscape and it is completely destroyed and you don't you don't see any of that really and then there's forsaken monument it's like this thing looks like Ulamog. it's like okay
0: i mean we said that before in the um when we talked about the spoilers and originally you were disappointed with the the Eldrazi thing in the beginning God, that that's so crazy. It's like almost a year ago now that we talked about fucking Zendikar. Um, but uh <laughs> you were like, I wish we just got like a creature that was an Eldrazi and it's like this weakling little bullshit draft shaft common. Just to be like, hey, look at look look at this is what's left of the Eldrazi. They, they fucking suck now. At least on Zendikar. Like we we did it. Hooray. Like something. Like just like the remnants of them exist. Yeah.
1: We didn't even get that. Yeah, exactly. I, I was thinking like a couple of rare ones, uh, a couple of, I mean, like draft ones that were just like draft, draft but then like one good rare. It's to be like, yeah, this, this one was like, I don't know, this one was like hard to get rid of because he was particularly tough. And then the flavor text could be like, I don't know, some commander saying like, I think that's the last of them. Yeah, and just
0: something. It could have also been just like a Vorinclex style Like Eldrazi in the sense of like, it was too big to kill. And it's not really imposing a threat in the sense of like Zendikar. But it's just a monster, essentially, that lives in this section of Zendikar. I mean, I know the flavor of Zendikar is that it's constantly changing with the adventure thing. So that sort of almost doesn't work, but half works. But it just roams Zendikar. And like, it's just a thing that you have to watch out for. That's hard to kill. That's it,
1: yeah. Or, or like think of the the trailer for Zendikar, where basically Nahiri shows that she is in fact a villain. Um, yeah, where she goes into that vault and like the elemental attacks her. Imagine I know elementals are a big part of Zendikar, but just imagine the scene instead. It would always be like a horror movie. She walks in, the room is much darker, and as she goes for the jewel, an Eldrazi just drops from the ceiling. That has, like, been there for a long time. Something like that, right? Just to see, like, hey, by the way, these things were here. But then we show that Nahiri is the true monster on Zendikar. She really fucking is. It's, uh... Yeah, like, uh, Nahiri is just a villain. At this point. She's just an almost generic villain, I'd say. Oh, but I'm doing it for the good of Zendikar. No, 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 no. You turned your guide to stone and then pushed them off a cliff. Like, you're not a good guy here. This wasn't like, oh, I had to do it for the greater good. It's like, no, you straight up murdered someone. Cold blood. Actually, it's almost worse than just straight up murder. Because you actually, like, she's fully conscious as she can't move her body and is tumbling towards the ground. Ugh. And it was like a long fall. I, like, she probably had like a good 30 seconds to consider that she shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I've, I've been making it. Uh, the meme Brad just just talking about.
0: He just made it. <laughs> so good. I was like, I need to. I was like, I, I, was, I was about to just do the text at the top. I'm like, no, it has to be an image. It has to be the set
1: pictures. The picture. Yeah, just like, bam. Just put this on Twitter, Brad. Yeah. Just I'm put go- this on I'm Twitter, please. Um, so... I'll talk a little bit about Call uh, Time. Uh, highlights. Players mostly enjoyed the mechanics. Um, uh, Fortel, for example, felt fresh. Um, multicolored Sagas returning um, is something people liked. Uh, they liked the Return of Snow, although See Below, there was also a lesson. Uh, players liked the God modal double-faced cards. And um, I think it was also pretty cool, too. They also say that there was a um, an interesting thing here is that it was a it was a fun workaround for the legend rule, uh, which I think mechanically is is actually very interesting. It was like, hey, if you draw an extra Bergie, just just turn it into the backside, and that legendary is not rotting in your hand as much. And then it's that people really like the flavor, the tribal component in particular. Go away, <laughs> no. Um, lessons. The set felt too cramped and should have been two sets, maybe even three.
0: Yeah, there's ten fucking realms in kaltheim
1: <laughs> One set per realm. Let's go. We'll <laughs> just be on call time for two and a half years. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, eh.
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Hate no, actually,
1: it. we'll we'll also. T- We'll also do the supplementary sets so on. So it's not just a standard set, but the Modern Horizon sets and stuff and the Time Remastered, They'll those slots will also be set on Caldheim. and then we should have 10 sets done in about four weeks. Oh, yeah. And and then we'd be off of Caldheim in no time.
0: That's true. Like, I want more of, like, the spooky uh, things. Yeah. Like, the what's that
1: artifact creature that's, like, the, the fucking crazy arm one? Uh, I think one, you mean Wandering Archaic, and that's on Strixhaven. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> all right so set felt too cramped the second lesson we're at strict in a moment don't worry and that is actually a cool design space in the future that sort of like outlands yeah uh, strict uh there should have been more anti-snow guards <laughs> just casually shitting on Redain in this article uh as you should you should yeah um and the other one is we stayed too close to norse mythology um Almost all the gods, for example, matched one to one with an existing god. The players don't mind when we do top-down cards for the source material, but also enjoy it when we take our spin on the material. Um, yeah,
0: I.e. almonket and why that's I think this uh, is fair. why that's, that was so great. Yeah, I
1: th- yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's a fair thing to say. Uh, what year was almonket from? Twenty seventeen. Help me out. I want to look at the 2017 one and see what they th- if they said about something about this on Almonket um no they didn't they so i guess they felt like they got it right on amoket um i think then. i think war wise and
0: world building wise um I, again i know i'm biased because of the egyptian thing but like trying to look at it from a, a like a non-biased perspective i think Amenket has like straight up the coolest if not one of the coolest world building looking, just the environment and the fucking way that the it's presented to you, Amonkhet's just, like, it feels like in a tier above everything else. Like, it... Could you imagine if Kaldheim had uh, the same... Ex, oh, Oh, was fantastic. You're right. Okay, that year in particular, like, Amonkhet and Ixalan were two amazing uh, planes. Um, Kal, not Kaldheim, but Kaldes was also incredible. Uh, So... 2017 was a really cool year for original planes.
1: But, yeah, 2017, 2018 was like theme was great. Hey,
0: you're welcome, wizards. Just fix your problem. Go back to 2017. Look at what you did right. Do you do you see the pattern there, Alex? Of why those planes were nice and flushed out and developed and cool and shit. Two sets. Look at that. Let's let's not fucking go to another plane every fucking set.
1: Well, what 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 I don't get. Is that I, as far as I knew, they said they were letting go of the structure, and then they said we're gonna do one, we're gonna do two, we have three, we'll do two, we'll do one, we'll do two, and I thought they basically said fuck it, we'll do however many we want. Yeah, well we will do as many as we want. Now it's just one, 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 and one, one. Since the, yeah, and since they have said that, they've only done one-offs. I was like you, I thought you finally let go of that idea to give yourself like the creative freedom. Just do whatever you felt like, because it was silly to stick this to a structure, because nobody cares if we go one, two or three times, as long as the cards are fun and the game is fun and it works. So seeing sets like this, and I think Strixhaven could have probably been two, uh, Kaldheim could have definitely been two, I think Zendikar could have probably been two. Zendikar, I felt like, worked well enough on its own. I think that they, they did a good enough job with well, Zendikar. if you see Zendikar's story, okay, yeah. if they wanted to do something creative, yeah. part of it plays on Ravnica. Small part, but like between Jason and uh, Nahiri and stuff, they could have like basically done one and a half set Zendikar, half a set Ravnica and fleshed that story out a little bit more because now it's sort of like, now the story is partially saved for when we next go to Ravnica, which will probably be in, like, two years. But God, Wizards loves fucking Ravnica so much. I mean, the players love Ravnica, so... Yeah. I, I like Ravnica a lot, don't get me wrong. Um,
0: but, like, maybe it's because the decks I made for the kids at school are all guild-based decks, like, limited style, and, like, they're all Ravnica guild decks from uh, from guilds and... Um, and uh, rounds of allegiance, but I'm just like I look at that set and I get this weird like it's kind of nostalgic in a sense, but and like I'm like I'm I'm kind of sick of looking at
1: you nostalgia. I'd say <laughs> Ravnica to me feels like like truly what magic is like not as in like poof magic but Magic the Gathering like true magic the Gathering is Ravnica. Um, you see the colors are quite, like, expressed very well. It's like an art style and a feel to, like, what this city is that just makes it feel much more uniquely magic than, for example, Amoket. Amoket is amazing, but I have been to Egypt and a lot of video games that I've played. And even though Amoket is definitely unique, it does share that feeling. Of course with a lot of those video games itself. And, and it's like, yeah, you know, I've, I've seen this. I've seen this, you know, like pyramids and a lot of sand and a lot of heat. Like, yeah, you know, you, you see the aesthetic, crocodiles, whatever. And it feels like when I go to Ravnica, and this might just be personal because there's probably plenty of video games that are actually like it that I might not have played, but it truly feels like this is magic to gathering. And I don't get this anywhere else. The reason, but Ravnica the reason
0: for that, though, is because things like Call of Time, things like... Um, uh, these in Theros as well. Um, these are all planes that are rooted in the idea that they're based off of some type of mythology in source material, and it's a playoff of that. Even Eldrain was that too, with the you know, Grim Fairy Tale and yeah. of the Old, like the Camelot and shit. Um, Shrek based, yeah, yeah. I wish we got an actual Shrek card, <laughs> but um, while as Ravnica <laughs> is its own actual like IP. Of uh of magic now is that to say that there's not some kind of source that it's loosely based off of? I mean it's broad enough to be able to play with and fuck around with yourself with your own IP and make it your own but the idea of a magical city isn't that whole you know unique it's what they do with it in the sense of like yeah, but it's essentially because it's so generic it's just a cool city we can make it anything we want. look at cons of Tarkir. That's another thing. Like we still say the shard names, we say the guild names for a reason, because they did a great job with yeah. the 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 lore of it. No one's saying the trial names, you know, like no, no one's saying the guild. I'm not the guilds, but the the school names for Strixhaven when they're referring to color. I'm
1: playing uh i I'm playing a Rogram deck. Yeah, like, no. I mean, the only <laughs> there's only one,
0: the only one that truly deserves to be said and spoken of as its own deck is Warhold. Because they did such a fucking amazing, a profound job of setting Warhold apart from the guilds of like Ravnica, haha. Uh-huh. But I'm, uh, and um, where it it can be its own deck, and I would happily in like that style of cards I'm playing be like, yeah, I'm playing a Warhold deck. I'm not playing a Boros deck because Boros deck is just like, haha, Turn
1: sideways. It's like just... Yeah, because this deck is like full of archaeologists yeah. and for artifact exactly. stuff. And
0: Where Quandrix is just, you know... Elephants. Cynic.
1: Yeah, so we'll go to Strixhaven. Talk about all this a little bit more. Highlights player love the mystical archives. I don't think they asked historic players about this one. No. Um, players love the access to reprints. Did any of them get cheaper? Except for like Tainted Pact because it was never printed before. Demonic? Tutor got a little bit cheaper.
0: I mean, not the Japanese version. That was uh, fucking disgustingly no. beautiful. That thing <laughs> no. is ridiculous, um, especially the foil. Holy fuck! Um, but uh, I think the regular versions are kind of a little bit, sort of cheap, cheaper maybe. Hey, <laughs> like the big takeaway. <laughs> He's referring to all the comments. <laughs> you yeah, agonize remorse. Got cheaper. Congrats, boys. We did it. <laughs> we we fixed the secondary Yay. market. <laughs>
1: Man, opt is so easy to get now. <laughs> so- and then they print consider, and it's like nobody wants opt anymore. Like I we- there's seven versions of opt, and nobody cares. Yeah, at least
0: they're doing an F and prime of consider, because it looks so
1: good. I hate the art. Oh, right, I really don't like it. You're it's like the dude with the goggles and a lot of ghosties. It's like I don't know. I don't. Open your eyes. I don't know. I'm doing magic things. Get rid of your science. <laughs> 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 right? Someone is like. Like, I'm going to, like, wave my hands around and summon, like, a great worm from the beyond. You just look at them angry and go, no. And, like, suddenly nothing happens as you throw a lightning bolt at their face. And then this dude walks up with, like, its goggles. And it's like, I'm doing the thing for Pokemon so you can now see what the hunters are. Like, I don't know. It's just... Consider it's just a dude from Viridian... Is it Viridian City? No. Lavender Town. Consider it's the dude from Lavender Town who gives you... Where you can have the goggles. <laughs> And now you can get to the Marowak. I like how in the span of
0: five minutes, you're like, oh my god, yeah, Warhold is great. It's archaeology. It's so unique. It's different from Boros. Meanwhile, fuck this spooky archaeologist. Fuck that. That's
1: stupid. He's... No, I mean, just like, I'm thinking of, like, in my blue deck, I think Warhold is great. But if I look at just, like, sort of, like, the aesthetic part of my... I mean, okay, Torrential Gearhawk is a giant robot, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're you're playing with so, a, a a I'll be honest, you're you're playing with a literal giant baby dragon who throws fits every six sets. Bolas the giant baby dragon. Bolas. Yeah. yeah. He's he's a man-child. Yeah? Yeah. No. <laughs> he, he, he's a man-child. I'm sorry.
1: I mean I, I love him. The story is that his spark triggered because you were so jealous of Ugin and angry that it triggered his spark. <laughs> like You're that is yeah. such a petty way to have your spark triggered. Like my brother gets more cool stuff than I do, and I get to have to wear his clothes secondhand, and then he gets so <laughs> angry about that. <laughs>
0: and that's how he got his egg. Just, just poof, <laughs> it's there.
1: But uh, well, players love the mystical archives, sure. Uh, players enjoyed having a spells matter set, <laughs> except, except none of the spells matter because they're from Strixhaven, bar like three. But yeah I I say uh magecraft is is an enjoyable mechanic it is a mechanic that I feel like is very restrictive because of the ridiculous ceiling of it like as we see with like witherbloom apprentice and uh, chain of smog like it's a mechanic that's like super easy to break so that makes them so they kind of have to be careful about it I suppose and I'm um, oh I
0: can't wait in like a year from now just to, like look back at and look at Magecraft and be like, "Oh shit, we just broke it with this new spoiler. It's it's broken. Fuck, two card combo.
1: Fair. Just get Flusterstorm.
0: I'm gonna be playing that deck, and then I'm gonna get banned from underneath my feet, and I'm gonna have the surprise Pikachu face as if
1: like I'd had no I had no idea this would happen. No no idea. What do you mean? I thought Chain of Smoke was a perfectly fine card for playing <laughs> here. <laughs> Seemed like a good reprint. Keep the same art too. Yeah. Just the green dudes with just like no clue what's going on. Oh
0: wh- no! Wait, hold on. I want oubliet eh. It's not even good.
1: That's pretty cool. <laughs> no, it's like I don't know. You you can have oubliet I guess.
0: <laughs> Finally, I got Alex to just be like, "Yeah, sure, you can you can have this this card."
1: <laughs> of the the endless discussion of would this card be okay in Pioneer? Like, okay, Brad, you can have this one. It's it's fine. Have your Oubliette. <laughs> Somewhere the professor has just woken up from a sleep. He's
0: like, Oh yes. Another I've claimed. <laughs> Oblians, <heads>, yes. <laughs> oh
1: wait
0: you no, know, he's in um, California. It's like pl- oh. it's it's seven thirty for him. He's fine. <laughs> he's awake. He's enjoying dinner. Maybe
1: he's taking an after after dinner nap. At seven thirty? Have you taken a nap at seven thirty before? No, I don't nap because I I my body falls asleep once a day. If I take a nap, I'm screwed. I'm not sleeping that night. Yeah, same. Because it's like, what do you mean? We've already slept. Like, yeah, that was for like 30 minutes. It's like, I don't care. You've had your sleep. Go and do something else. Like, I'd fall asleep at like five after I get home from like
0: work, like exhausted. I wake up at midnight and I'm just like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> My camera's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. I'm going to turn off.
1: <laughs> uh, Then another highlight. Players like the lighter tone and the top-down designs. I suppose. I mean, uh, I...
0: I, I just felt that like I kind of liked it. I don't know. I didn't I didn't notice it as much. Like it just didn't it just felt like whimsical because it had to be cuz that's the theme. It's a it's a fucking school. You have cards with like illustrations of literal teenagers and children. But like while it while it was whimsical and cute, it was also fucking dark. How many cards do we see that just straight up just like glorified bullying <laughs> it's like hey kids bullying works
1: all the all the all the silver quill ones yeah they're pieces of shit but it wasn't like even, here's the, wasn't even just the benefits quill. of being an asshole
0: <laughs> but it wasn't just silver quill there was um there was a couple other cards that like uh, also just like had kids just bullying each other from other ones i think there was like a warhold card that did it they no, made that warhold that wouldn't make sense it was um oh fuck I, I promise you there's there's another couple cards where it's just like everyone's mean, all the students are mean.
1: <laughs> the final statement, and then that's one where basically someone just gets like this oh, like, yeah. some, like inkling like thrown yeah. in their face, and like here choke on this. <laughs> God, great set though. Uh, and then fourth one, players appreciated us trying something different with a faction set. With Warhold, yes. All right, yeah. Oh, player f- faction sets have always been popular. And this was us trying to do one a little differently. First, we didn't give each faction its own mechanic. Instead, picking broader mechanics that could be flavored for the factions. Instead, we tried to create two-color factions that felt different from previous takes on the two-color pairings. Hmm. Mostly, we succeeded. Lorehold got a lot of positive feedback for being so different than our normal red-white archetypes. But, and then we go into the lessons, some players wanted the schools to be more different than their gold equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. I... I like
0: i love simic stuff but i don't want simic stuff
1: everywhere the, i felt like lorehold was like super well done uh is it was a little different but not at all like reflected in the cards really yeah like like how they played what they did it's just like yeah the other ones are engineers and stuff and these are musicians i look at like
0: yeah but, like magma
1: opus but then you look at like yeah but then you look at like prismari command and is a charm I was like, these are basically the same card. Yeah, and and magma was feels like an is card. It just feels like if you if yeah. you
0: plop that and change the art a little bit and said this is a guilds of Ravnica mythic. I'm like,
1: yeah. Oh, it, it, instead of the elephant in the art, it should just be a giant ass explosion, and then it's just an is oh, card. Oh yeah, 100%. like you you literally take you go to Photoshop and you take like the sort of like smudge tool and you just go around the edge of the elephant so you can't tell it's an elephant anymore and it's an is it card. That's it.
0: Yeah, or just you know say like Rouse in the distance making the explosion. There you go.
1: Yeah, you just, you just put him in the flavor uh, in the flavor text. Now, like, <laughs> haha, kaboom! Yeah, literally, that would Raoul. I would believe it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I literally said when we looked at all the commands when they when those got spoiled, um, like during that first week of God, I hate that Wizards does does this. Actually, now that I'm thinking about, because this is the fourth set I've talked about tonight where, where they, we've said. Hey, Wizards likes to be like, here's the preview season before the preview season. Where it's just like that one day where it's like, mm-hmm. here you go. And for Shirksaven, they gave us the commands. And I'm like, hey, Alex, take all these arts, take off these school uniforms, put on more generic outfits or whatever, or just remove the school people entirely and keep the, the creature things in there. This looks like art from a Ravnica set for the guilds, for the respective guilds.
1: Yeah. Like uh, Yeah, it was a a problem that I I had with it too, where I felt like, now I am extremely biased for wanting the shards back. Yeah. But I felt like there is much more to be explored about the shards than there, apparently, is about the guilds. It almost feels like they made Lorehold first, like when they pitched it. And someone pitched the idea for Lorehold, and they're like, this is amazing, we're going to do this. And then in the design, they stumbled into the fact that they couldn't do what they did for Lorehold for the other ones. But, like, Lorehold was so cool that they kept going.
0: Yeah, they could have. I mean, something.
1: Lorehold was pretty cool. That was yeah. a slam dunk.
0: Well, I mean, the the flavor of the ch- school was cool, Like, it, but they could have gone more into that. Like, the Lorehold thing with the archaeology, like, it, the, mechanic se- the mechanics of Lorehold seemingly fit the archaeology feel in a way. Whereas the mechanics for like Quandrix, which is supposed to be like what, the math school or whatever? They're all about like shapes and shit.
1: I didn't feel like that. They're all like counters.
0: Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, here yeah, because here's,
1: counting's for nerds. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, do you think that was the fucking pitch where they're like, and then we have Quandrix, it was like, it's the math you, one. So their theme is gonna be counters.
1: Get it? Count? aha uh-huh. Count. So they need to do like three plus two,
0: Pfft, nerds. Look at this. Like, okay, it, what if they would have done like an unset thing with quantrix and they're like, you have to solve this equation <laughs> to figure out its power and <laughs> Um,
1: Yeah. And that- it's like that Niv-Mizzet card that you can turn sideways and it basically says like Niv-Mizzet is number one. Yeah. But then it looks like an equation when you hold it up right.
0: Well, and then you look at, um, what's the one? Witherbloom, which is like Golgari, and I'm like, look, Th- that is just Golgari. It is just Golgari. Instead of it being like undead, like undergrowth and shit, it's just like, yeah,
1: swamp shit, swampy
0: plant. Like,
1: <laughs> I mean, if rafnika if didn't have like the city structure, the Golgari people would just be like, hey, cool swamp. Let's see if we can find bodies here. Like, it would be like the same thing. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey
0: Alex, you want want to go see a dead body? I found one in the swamp. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that would be like standard that would be like a Golgari pickup line hey want to go see a body together (laughs) (laughs) if
0: if I take you to see a cool body in the swamp would you hold yours against me
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is disgusting but it was good (laughs) yes uh, but the main thing you said with, like, the initial art thing, where you're just like, oh, take the people out, blah, blah, blah. The Golgari one was so easy. You didn't even need to do that. Oh, yeah. I think if you take I think if you take the art of, like, Abrupt Decay, uh, if you take the art from Witherbloom Command and uh, you just slap it on Abrupt Decay, everyone will be like, yeah, it makes sense.
0: Yeah. A little flasher than I would like, imagine, but sure. Uh, yeah, there, exactly. There yeah, some,
1: someone went all out. There are
0: some people going like, phew, and you're like, it's dead. Okay. Yeah,
1: cool. That'll do. <laughs> That'll do big uh the, <laughs> the second lesson which i've heard you talk plenty about before modal double-faced cards had too much going on
0: yeah that's like i went my whole thing of like evaluating them was like you can't evaluate them <laughs> together because they don't even work together most of these cards like
1: no and it's are, are, like, and it's like paragraph on the front paragraph on the and back i'm like fuck okay
0: um like i don't wanna no we're good we're not playing it it's
1: fine. And then the last line they basically have players should be able to know what their card does just from looking at the front. So that's what made the land one successful. Because it's just I have this spell I can read, but I know I can flip it around for a land. Yeah. Where the other one that's yeah. tapped and taps for one color. <laughs>
0: Easy. Hold on, I don't know what this card does, and you have to take it out of the sleeve and kind of peek at it. And your opponent's like, what you uh what you got there? <laughs> what you looking at? <laughs> <A> smoothie. <laughs> 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 oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking roll with the meme references tonight let's fucking go <laughs> oh
1: you need to do that one where like a card is like partially out of the sleeve that was gonna that was gonna
0: take me a few more minutes to make than the other one i did but i can i can do yeah. it
1: uh yeah because we got the last oh no wait we also got D to talk about um and then the last lesson here and i i cannot care for this one sorry the set treated american schools too much is the norm I cannot say that I was interested in how the strict saving school system worked. <laughs> like, did did anyone like look at these cards? It's like, man, how do these people graduate this school? So, so Adrian and
0: I, yeah, both enjoyed the the actual ways the school worked, but not in the traditional way of um of like like wizards being like, here's the lore. We both like ASMR sometimes. Adrian likes it way more than I do. There's a ASMR artist named Gb, and she actually did a sponsored video for Magic during Strixhaven where she was a counselor and she was helping you as a new student find your house or whatever but it's like in the soft spoken shit and I was like this shit put me to sleep it was fantastic it was like one of the best ones I've heard and I got to I got to (laughs) listen to how the schools worked and I was like I'm kind of interested I'm also pretty sleepy
1: (laughs) right well uh go to the last one adventures in the forgotten realms feels like this set is both five years old and came out last week oh it feels like it came out a year ago dude like i i'm just over <laughs> i'm over it <laughs> uh highlights players enjoyed the execution of adapt adapting and dragon to magic cards Cool, oh, i kind of like that too uh, players like the use of flavor words eh. i don't know what you made of them in the end i i'm kind of okay with them but yeah i mean they're fine they're just um
0: uh like i don't mind them i can see how they get
1: confusing though cult i'm sorry but this one just feels sad the third highlight we added some cool things to white uh, hold on. we did it guys on, so we made cool white I have a cards because I, I you sent me
0: this this as a, as a, as a message yesterday i think And um, I saw the title. I didn't get a chance to click on it. I still haven't read it. Please tell me he says the phrase, uh, what is it called? The Council of Colors or whatever. When he talks about white. Does he bring up the Council of whatever? Yeah. I'm so happy.
1: One of our ongoing projects in the Council of Colors has been finding ways to expand white's part of the color pie to help in the commander format several new things premiered in adventures in the forgotten realms and the players seemed very excited by it i can promise there's more coming like white players we're gonna we're gonna Uh, get a white werewolf in in Estrad, probably i i would think it's hilarious if in this thing he's referring to like the dwarf the three mana two one that draws you a car that's what i thought of i'm not gonna lie (laughs) yeah i thought of that one and uh there's also it's constructed playable. I just, I...
0: it's played in the model white deck in pioneer
1: and one i want to just find very quick because we went over it because we're not a commander podcast uh commander legends and it said a lesson and it just said some cards could have been white hole breacher i mean that is literally just talking about hole breacher like come on
0: isn't that just the meme that fucking vince does on twitter every day like, how, how often does he just retweet a card and he's just like, this this should have been white? Do they just straight up... Is that referencing Vince? They're not
1: that intelligent, are they? No, I, no, I mean... <laughs> no, it's just... Hole breacher is now banned as a blue card for reasons that wouldn't come up if it was a white card, basically. Because they, they they banned Holbreacher... For example, they banned Hole breacher but Notion Thief is still legal in Commander because they say, well, Notion Thief adds an extra color to your deck. So, there's some where, like, Holebreacher goes together with, like, Wind, uh, Windfall um, or Echo of Eons. Like, those type of cards that are in the same color. So, if you would have made Holebreacher white, it would have probably still been okay in Commander. Because it adds a color to your deck. Yeah. Which I don't think is as much of a cost as they make it sound like it is. But, sure. I mean,
0: the cost is either that's another color, or you're playing mono-white, and that in itself is a pretty big
1: cost. Hey, I played a game of Commander today. I cast a Notion Thief when someone was about to draw eight cards, so I did, then I untapped, played an Ugin, wiped his board, and he conceded the game. So I will very gladly keep playing my Notion Thief in Commander. I'll take it. It's also four mana. Yeah. And one toughness. Dies to just looking at it angry. (laughs) Yeah, the
0: whole Breacher was... was... That's a 3-2 but it was, wasn't it like two mana? Three mana. Three mana. Three mana. Three, okay. two. Imagine if it was two mana.
1: Yikes. Perfectly fine. Carter, Carter denies you card draw for two mana. And flash. <laughs> Give it to me. No. Okay. Why would I negate your draw spell? I'm just going to play this.
0: <laughs> Alex does not want Archmage's Charm and Pioneer, but he will
1: take a two mana uh, Notion Thief. Yeah, I'll take two mana Home Breacher. No worries. Oh yeah, no two mana Whole breacher. Make it a blue and a black. You know, it's two colors. It adds a color to your deck. This is the new. No, make it Grixis. We, we can make it three mana, we, and we make it Grixis. We
0: go to um, we go to uh, Ravnica again, and it's Lazav. That's that's the that's Lazav's ability this time. <laughs> Lazav breacher. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: LaZav breacher team. So like I'll go sure. over the lessons, and then I would very much like to go to bed. Uh, the lessons, the set created a very polar response, uh, created very polar responses. Um I guess says all my highlights were also sources for complaints. Some players don't like us making magic card sets in other properties. Some were unhappy with which cards we chose or didn't choose to make cards out of. Probably the single biggest complaint in this category was, where's, where's Elminster? I don't know who Elminster is. Um... Neither do I, but that's nowhere near as impressive. Some didn't like how we executed certain cards. The biggest complaint in this character was the Tarasque, as it didn't feel like it captured its essence. Some didn't like the use of flavor words. Others didn't like meta D&D references, such as choosing your path cards. Others didn't like seeing die rolling come to Black Border, although others very much enjoyed it. While the set was much beloved by many, it was more polarized than most sets. I mean... Isn't that just how D&D in itself is? Oh, yeah. If you, I'm regularly on the D&D Reddit, and 90% of the posts on that Reddit are... They basically go as follows. Person says that they want something changed about D&D, or do a question thing that is about D&D. So it's like, what would you change about the ranger class? Or what feat would you make part of every class? Or whatever um what would you want to see different in 6e and you're also like you get this vibe as if like nobody likes the game <laughs> because and then the, a lot of comments are sort of boiled out to like oh yeah i would change that then, like generic response i saw yesterday generic response i saw yesterday and then there's a couple of people who basically tell them like shut the fuck up yeah. <laughs> like that is basically what that that, like, community boils down to. Where it's like, it feels like we hate the game, but we don't. So please shut up, but don't. And I'll add my opinion to it, too. Also sounds like the Magic community. Uh, very much so. It's clearly... it's. It, I guess it's the Wizards community. We just hate the games that we play, don't we? Yet
0: we somehow spend thousands of dollars to play these games. Are we fucking stupid? Is that what this is?
1: I mean, I mean, honestly i've had the feeling sometimes as if like game developers kind of just like think we're all dumb like there's well we are yeah i mean world of warcraft has been a pretty bad game for like three years and i stopped playing i mean i took long breaks in between but like i only decided like yeah i don't know if i'm ever coming back like a month ago and it's like dude this game has been like on and off okay for three years (laughs) If you now look at, like, video game Discord, there's more complaining about why the game that you are still playing is yes. shit. Rainbow Six Siege.
0: Like, nothing but complaints. I
1: can say World of Warcraft. Hearthstone. All Hearthstone Discord. It's basically all talking about how the game is really shit right now. Or, yeah. Like, you can also just, like, not play it. Or it's
0: like the... I mean, Crew 3 has a segment, What Killed Magic This Week. So, like, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they do that, you know, like, in jest. Like, it, it's tongue-in-cheek. But like, yeah, magic players love to complain. And I guess just fandoms in general love to complain of shit on the thing that they
1: love so much. Um, but you can all say that it's about a passion because you want it to be as good as possible.
0: Yeah, there there was a post someone did on fucking Facebook today. And I fucking, I always hate seeing this shit where someone going like, look at the, th- it's about the Afghanistan stuff going on. Um, Where like, it's like, look, people complain about what they have or whatever. And then you, there's shit like this going on over there. Um, And it's like, if you don't like it, whatever, about America, then you can leave. I'm like, you had me in the first half. You, You had some good semblance of a thing to talk about there. But then you're like, if you don't like it in this country, you can leave. Sorry. It is inherently patriotic to fucking stand up against the things that you feel are immoral or you don't agree with that your country are doing and questioning the actual motives of your country to strive for something better and more progressive, whatever. That's inherently patriotic. So for you to fucking say otherwise, you should go fuck yourself. You're not a real American. Sorry. Also, blind nationalism Ooh. is fucking stupid.
1: The fuck out of here. Brad just like spitting facts. <laughs> yeah,
0: sleep deprived Brad is fucking <laughs> <laughs> is great. Cause I was just angry. <laughs> pure, pure hatred. <laughs> yeah, it goes same thing with fandoms. Like, yeah, the passion and all that good stuff. But fandoms take it to a really weird
1: level next level it's on the internet it's probably gonna take it i to mean they take
0: level. it at actually about the same level that patriotic americans take it i mean they they jerk off to the flag same shit
1: because you guys take it really fucking far that's why yeah
0: have you dude look just look at a press conference for like the president and look at a press conference for like any other president or world like our leader of like the respective country and count the amount of flags behind them there are 12 fucking American flags behind the president at all times I, I, and he has I think, a pen I
1: think <laughs> I think our flag our house of parliament has one flag that is like shoved in the corner
0: as it fucking should be uh, and That's it Like I don't get it. Like I like look, you're you're more than welcome to be proud of where you live and stuff and happy to be a fucking American, fucking Dutch person, Swedish person. I don't give a shit what you are. You can be happy about it. But when you take it to a pornographic level of like just loving it, it's just so weird. Like the Pledge of Allegiance, it's fucking weird. It's weird. It's culty. It's fucking odd. Don't know why you fucking force children
1: to do it. I've I've never, never even looked at the lyrics of that. It's probably Uh, weird.
0: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And it's in that exact tone and rhythm that I gave you. That's
1: really fucking weird. Yeah.
0: And you stand up as a fucking five or six-year-old You memorize this the same time you memorize the fucking alphabet, and you place your hand over your heart, and you stand up, face the flag, and you just fucking monotone recite this at the flag, and then sit back down and start your day. It's weird. Yeah, that's a cult. Yeah, that's That's a cult. cult. That's That's a cult. cult. And anyone that tells you otherwise is fucking delusional. They don't know what a cult is. Sorry. Or you're in the cult. Sorry, I don't make the rules. <laughs> 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 if you can't identify the cult, Bruh, you're in the cult.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I think that's a great way to to end it, right? That's a good that's a good area.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I'll I'll just read the last two lessons out real quick, and then we'll just wrap up because. Uh... I feel like you and i it, it's almost five in the morning for me and you were just way too tired so. i didn't sleep last night yeah i think this is probably this is probably the messiest episode we've done so far. i think it's one of so my, anyone who's stuck around to this point it's one of the best I, it's one of the best thank episodes. you <laughs> this is so good i'm having so much fun <laughs>
0: like this is <laughs> true this me is too. the pioneer perspective with a sprinkle of magic talk yeah <laughs> Just a crumb, please sir. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking listeners are Tom Oliver going, I want some more. And it's like, more? You'll get (laughs) you'll get American cult talk and you're gonna fucking like it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Oh So let's wrap up the magic thing that we're actually here for. Uh, Last two lessons from Adventure in the Forgotten Realm. I'm just going to keep talking, and we'll just edit Brad out. Uh, Some players wanted to see flavorful returning mechanics. Another big complaint was from players who wanted to see more established magic mechanics with the right flavor being used. The mechanic mostly referred in feedback was party, der, but many other mechanics like level up or adventure were mentioned. We pushed into mostly new design space to capture the feel of DD. But mm. it's all, uh, it is a good note that we should be open to using old mechanics when they're a good flavor fit. Then that makes sense. Uh, I was very excited. Uh, I, I was initially, well, excited like, and then disappointed that didn't happen for uh, multi kicker on spells, which represents in DD that you can cast spells at a higher level. So even if you have like magic missile, which is a level three spell, if you can have a spell slot you could use to cast a level three spell, you can also choose to cast a level three magic missile and it'll be stronger. Like and I, I wish that was reflected somehow. Because I do feel like, at least for like the, the casters of the spellcasters of D, that is a pretty big thing. The ability to upcast spells to make them stronger. And it's something you very regularly do.
0: As an outsider, it so, feels like a niche thing and that like in my brain, I'm like that makes sense why they didn't include it. It feels like a niche thing.
1: Yeah, I I can see that. But like maybe it's maybe I'm biased because basically all I've been playing is like a wizard in one campaign, who like constantly casts spells. So I'm constantly upcasting things and like managing that a lot. And it felt like I. You're, you're telling
0: that... me you're not a halfling bard in all of your campaigns? No, mm. I want it. Why on earth would I be a halfling bard? Because I want to hear you sing. <laughs> give me a tune no dance for me
1: (laughs) (laughs) no I'm gonna be like that halfling and just show you the door right now just please please sir I would like you to leave my establishment
0: okay I will but you're gonna have to pay me
1: (laughs) (laughs) so last one I'm just gonna move on because I am very tired mixing flavor words and ability words was confusing whether or not the player enjoyed the flavor words, a common complaint was that mixing flavor words and ability words, pack tactics was an ability word. I like how he just gives that reminder, just in case people didn't know. Oh, that was a nightmare. Uh, this was a draft. good note. <laughs> and I think we're going to be much more careful about this in the future. Yeah, I, it took us a couple of times to like figure out, like, man, a lot of these cards have pack tactics, so I guess it's actually a set mechanic. Yeah. Because we saw the other shit first
0: before we saw Pack uh, pack Tactics. Kind of should have been the other way around.
1: I saw the one. We had the Cobalt. And I was like, oh, yeah. For like d d But it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, Pack Tactics is like a thing that Cobalts have. So I, I guess this is just flavor. And then we saw Battlecry Goblin and the Wolf. And it's like, this is a lot of cards with Pack Tactics. <laughs> you could argue it's still only flavor. Fair enough. I mean, most mechanics like that are flavor because they don't have payoffs. Yeah. Like, as long as they don't have a payoff. Now, they generally do. Then there's very few mechanics that don't have a specific payoff. But it's almost like, is there even a card that says, like, if your opponent has X infect counters, it does something? Or is it just kind of there? Just like how plus one, plus one counters is... No, that, that does have a lot of synergy. But it's always like kind of just there. During your end
0: step, if your opponent has five or more uh, infect counters, triple the amount of
1: infect counters they have... <laughs> sure just go up to 15 just in case you never know like what they, if we ever, have Gideon what if we ever change the rule in the future and make it 15 we just better just make it 15 already
0: yeah or they have the book out and you're like you you're looking awfully rough there buddy
1: <laughs> imagine <laughs> <laughs> I guess not... you're right bud <laughs> you're
0: you're literally rotting are you are you okay <laughs> I can see the bone in your arm. Are you? <laughs> it's like Alex Smith's leg. It's like It looks like a turkey leg at the Renaissance fair. When you take a bite out of it.
1: <laughs> Pratt,
0: shall we wrap up? <laughs> Reminders out the door. We have merch. I'm skipping other ones. I'm going to go back to the ones. It's fine. We are brought to you by the Playaway Discord server, where you can play some Paper Magic with myself, Alex, other people, whether it's Pioneer, Modern. Uh, we actually have Pre Modern now. Um, and Popper and all that good stuff. We do invitationals. You can join, play weekly events, maybe participate in an invitational. If you participate in the Pioneer one, it could be casted by yours truly and Alex as well, unless one of us are playing in it. Most likely Alex because I never play in weeklies. Haha. <laughs> That's what happens when you work seven to six every day. <laughs> Anyway, we have merch, by the way. If you want to go on inkgaming.com, you can actually get some merch for pioneer perspective as well as playaway stuff, which is pretty cool. Or if you click the other link available in the description, you can actually just get cool things from Ink Gaming in general that just helps support the show. Yeah, whatever. Cool art. Get it. Um Other stuff. We have another podcast, the Pondering Popper podcast. Um,
1: they do popper stuff. Run by guys in Diego. Yes. Uh yeah, and MTG Matchmaker. No, um, which I think was already in the intro. No, or is that gone? The deal
0: was four episodes. We have surpassed four episodes at this point.
1: I think I did say it last week, and I think that was already the fifth.
0: The other one before that was the fifth.
1: <laughs> they got they got two for free. Look at that! Look at us being generous. Oh, well, they're not. I mean, we gave one to Manscape for free, so you know. Yeah,
0: but the big thing is they're not getting the the cool on-the-spot intros that you and i made even though i don't think we ever used the one with both of
1: us (laughs) (laughs) no we didn't didn't we have that horrible one that was like these typical like awful tv commercials yeah i was the best one but uh but alex
0: was trying to he wanted to work on it to make it make it better so he's like i'll just keep using the the one with just brad and then before he knew it it was we already did the four episodes but we have it we have it we have it ready and that, that could be the great return of the NCG matchmaker uh, sponsorship where it's just like, hey, Alex. <laughs> yeah, Brad.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and lastly, we love you. Um, you guys are the best. And um, this would not be possible without you. And you're hearing us ramble. And um, I think we did a pretty good job of that. I think we're pretty good at rambling.
1: So, yes, we are definitely good at rambling. If we're good at magic. That is still to be decided. If we're good at rambling, Depen- yes, we are Depends on the S-tier ramblers. Oh, yeah.
0: Just like how MTG Rants changed their podcast name from Pioneer something. Is that just, was it just MTG Pioneer before? The fuck was it?
1: They were just the Pioneer podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> uh, And now they're MTG Rants. Well, we we've, if we ever had to pivot away from Pioneer, we, we would just... MTG Rambles. Yeah, or just fucking... That they might get and we'd get yeah, sued. they might be like, It's a little a little close there, buddy. You might wanna back off a little bit. All right, sure, sure, fine, fine. But yeah. Sure story. With that, we will hopefully grace you and grace your beautiful ear holes with our voices next week and the week after, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day,
1: and the next day. The next day, the next day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fucking bye. <laughs> Bye-bye, everyone.